just jumping in really quickly at the start of today's episode to tell you about some upcoming opportunities to see us live in the flesh. And you can see us live at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival 2024. We are doing three live podcasts on Sundays at 3.30 at Basement Comedy Club, April 7, 14 and 21. You can get tickets at dogoonpod.com. Matt, you're also doing some shows around the country. That's right. I'm doing shows with Saren Jaimana, who's been on the show before. We're going to be in Perth in January, Adelaide in February, Melbourne through the festival in April and then Brisbane after that. I'm also doing Who Knew It's in Perth and Adelaide. Uh, details for all that stuff at mattstewartcomedy.com. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hello and welcome to an intro to another episode of Do Go On. Dave here with Jess and Matt, her team. Hey, Dave. Oh, hey, Dave. And we're very excited to announce that this episode that you're about to listen to was recorded live at the Sydney Opera House where we performed. Uh, they had to open the roof because uh, yeah. there were so many people there. They Real were tall ladders. people. Yeah, they were huge. They had to open the roof because there were so many people there. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, they used the, the roof as an emergency exit. There were yeah. over 600,000 people in there and... I don't know if anyone got out. They were stacking them on top of each other. No, we got out and then we closed yeah. the roof again, said yeah. everyone for themselves. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So you're going to hear a lot of mayhem. A lot of screaming, <laughs> but I think there's a bit of comedy in there somewhere. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe someone in there was funny. Nah, but it is a live This episode. is a live episode. We recorded uh, very recently at the Giant Dwarf Theatre, which is a fantastic venue. It was our biggest show yet, and people came and sold it out, and it blew our minds, and we were very happy. And it is colloquially known as the Opera House of Redfern. Yes. Yes. So I heard that a lot. Yeah. People uh, asked me for directions, and I meant, do you mean to the Opera House of Redfern? And they'd go, duh, obviously I do. Yeah. I'm not an idiot. Yeah. I'm not an idiot. Is there anything we need to explain? Any sort of visual things, Dave? Uh, there was a, some very vocal audience members, but I do hope the microphones have picked them up for you and, you know, I'll edit it to make, make sure it makes sense to you at home. And, uh, yeah. But the I... audience were having a great time and if you want to experience that good time in the flesh, we are coming to the UK. All the shows are now sold out except for one Birmingham show, but we're also doing a Bon Voyage show in Melbourne at Howler coming That's up right. in October. October 13th. That's Saturday afternoon. Welcome. So if you want to come along and you want to be a vocal audience member, please come along. Don't be vocal. I just um, booked <laughs> in Vocal the... in your laughter. But, uh, just talking to the uh, management howler about the timings and, and there's a solid hour after the show that we're going to be able to hang out um, to chat to people and whatever. So that should be real fun. It'll be bloody we fun. We love to chat. Oh, we live to chat. Yeah. I think you meant to say. 
Yeah. And we chat to live. It's yes. our job. <laughs> That's right. But it was a lot of fun. And we'd like to thank everyone that came along. So um, without any further delay, here is uh, our episode recorded live at the Giant Wharf Theatre. The Opera House of Redford. Please <laughs> enjoy. Yes. Thank you, Matt. I looked at you. You needed to sign off on this. Uh, signing off. There it is. Hello, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicky. How you doing? Oh, oh man, that is so, so cool. I really hope you've uh, kept some energy to welcome to the stage my two beautiful co-hosts, Matt Stewart and Jess Perkins, ladies and gentlemen. That was real good. That felt so good. I'm like, I'll leave this to Jess. She's got it and um, was not wrong. And last to sit down. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) This is the best. Normally we're on shitty bar stools. Now I feel like we're doing a QA. and a Yeah, the reason I made this film um, was because I just felt underrepresented in media. Mm. Mm. Jess, Jess, let me do the feminism around here, please. (laughs) I'll field this one. Um, What Jess was trying to say. I'll be the feminist here, if I can say that. If I I can say that. Uh, Does anyone have any cues? We have a lot of A's, all right. A lot of A's. Uh, Thank you so much for coming out to this beautiful venue of Giant Dwarf. Give it up for Giant Dwarf, ladies and gentlemen. Look at this place. Yes, yes. Hello. We just made eye contact. I thought I needed to acknowledge it. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Hey, Dave. Dave, remember when we met those guys just before? Oh, yeah. And we scared the <laughs> shit out of he them. He got scared again because he was on his phone. He was like, oh, he's talking to me. <laughs> so we're walking up the street, um, minding our own business, come to a, a traffic light. We're waiting to cross. And <laughs> these three lovely young gentlemen are standing there. One of the guys turns around and goes, oh. <laughs> Which I get a lot, to be honest. (laughs) Mostly because I stand far too close to people. (laughs) And I touch their bums. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that may have been why he was reacting like that. Sorry. What the fuck is wrong with me? (laughs) Oh, we've gone early. It's all right. Everything's going to be fine. It kind of feels like we're padding. Don't we? We (laughs) Yeah. yeah. We We haven't planned anything. (laughs) Usually we do a report, but... Nah. <laughs> hey, Not Dave, do that bit where you ask people if they've been here before. Yeah, oh, do that do you bit. Want to do that? Yeah, okay. Dave. All right, Dave, I'll follow. Dave. Do that bit. All right. <laughs> I'll follow the script. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, give us a big round of applause if you've uh, ever heard our show Do Go On before. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Now, I got from that that a lot of you have, and I also got that you and you have heard it the most. Yeah. <laughs> the reaction was amazing. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, give me a big round of applause, seriously big, if you've uh, never heard Do Go One in your lives. Amazing. Nothing to celebrate, mate. <laughs> Nothing to celebrate. Like, <laughs> you were, honestly, th- it was a smaller percentage, but you were keener as a whole. <laughs> to let us know, 
Dave, look at the positive. He's got the whole back catalogue in his future. That's right. Yeah. Because, ladies and gentlemen, I'm pleased to tell you that this is episode 150. (laughs) This feels like Oprah. Like, they're too willing to clap. (laughs) You get a car. You get a car. Everybody gets a car. (laughs) You fucking idiots. It's... It's that easy. And Oprah never gave anyone cars either. It was just a tactic. She just to get said her it a lot, yeah. She said it a lot. She got a lot of people's hopes up. <laughs> and they're like, oh my God. I've been working eight jobs. And then they left, like, waiting for their keys. <laughs> and they just got ushered out of the building. <laughs> Sorry. Well, really ruining the Oprah magic there. Anyway, <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't heard the show before, Matt, would you like to tell them what the uh, show is all about? Okay. Um, uh, well, I did, I did tell you I was going to have that prepared. Yes. And as you were asking me, I remembered I did not. Um, we have had... Pe- all right. I'll, can I, I'll remember, though. I've done it 149 times um, as opposed to you two bloody blow-ins. I, um, yeah, that's right. We haven't yeah, been on every you know episode. what I'm... Yeah, I've got one on my fucking level. Get on my level, dogs. All right. Um, <laughs> Don't hide the regret face. Don't save that for me. Don't pull it back here. Oop, little bit of regret. Oop. I forget Sydney crowds are sensitive. They don't like to be called dogs. Melbourne, no, try... they froth over it. Yeah. Oh. Frothy dogs, you <laughs> frothy dogs. Anyway, this show, the way it works is there's three of us, and you guys probably figure that, that bit out. Um, and then what happens is from there, I mean, that's just the beginning. <laughs> From there, we take it in turns between the three of us to do a report on a topic. Between the three of us? We take it in turns between the three... What? I mean, you know what I mean, surely. And then, uh, I've got know. a question about that. <laughs> no, I don't. Come on. Uh, hilarity and shoes. Oh, I lost control of that word. Um, <laughs> uh, but tonight, it's a bit different, right, Dave? Do you want to explain what, to, what is happening tonight? Now, um, usually, one of the three of us does the report. But tonight... I love that you had a theory. <laughs> I knew it. I knew they were going to do something different. I oh, knew it. Oh, what's the theory? What's your, th- what's your theory? <laughs> like the 27 Club where we all do a mini report, that's what we're doing tonight. Right, correct. Great you're theory. Gonna, you're going to have to tone this down. I can't handle this level of enthusiasm. Thank you. <laughs> Too far. I'm very sensitive. <laughs> Mate. I've got your money. You've got money? <laughs> when did money come to this? No, we no. do it for the art. No. <laughs> God, no. Great theory. And what I love about that theory is that that actually relates to this topic. Wait, what does that mean? The three of us tonight are all doing a mini report on one of our favourite conspiracy theories. Yeah. To be honest, my immediate, my, the conspiracy theory going through my mind right now, it, it feels a bit like you're all paid actors. That's my conspiracy theory. <laughs> Jess? Well, I think we're now going to do two reports. Um, <laughs> our two favourite conspiracy theories. I didn't know it was meant to be our favourite. I never heard of this until this week. <laughs> Is that right. what it was meant to be? All right, we're doing a report on a conspiracy theory we all looked up today, okay? That's... <laughs> That's the truth of it. 
So, Jess is here. Uh, this uh, topic was actually suggested by a couple of our uh, Patreon supporters. Include, uh, the first one was Justin Robinson said, we said, we want to do a, a mini topic. What, what's a good uh, broad theme? He said, crazy conspiracy theories. And then he commented a few minutes later saying, or conspiracies that may not be so crazy after all. <laughs> Which I enjoyed. And I also enjoyed Alastair McGregor said, conspiracy theories I've been hoping for for ages. How about a silly theory each? Or, if time is an issue, Jess and Matt do the shorter silly theories and Dave <laughs> does a bigger one. Hard to not, not take that personally. Yeah, I don't appreciate that. And uh, I'm very happy to tell you that that is exactly what has happened. <laughs> Once again, I've written an entire report. Whoops, whoops. Nah, don't, don't love that. <laughs> nah, you're here for the silly ones. I love that. Yeah, we're silly. Oh, no. Now I've fucked it and I haven't... Hang on. Pad for a sec. Right. I mean, you could have done this when you pretended to walk out earlier. (laughs) I didn't realise I'd fucked up until now. So, pad for a sec. Great. Technology's not on my side. I'm just trying to help Matt... Get, and I'm just trying to get the report on my iPad so it's easier for him. I'll, I'll start it because i got it on my phone. And then, Great. All right. And then I'll just sit here quietly for a bit, looking panicked. <laughs> you can enjoy that visual while listening to that dulcet tone. Great. Yeah, one tone. One tone. <laughs> one tone. And it is the same. <laughs> <laughs> that is not true. All right. So one thing we also do, if you haven't uh, heard the show before, is we usually do a question to get onto top. Oh, yeah, great, and, sure. Uh, I believe Matt has one, um, hopefully. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not my best. I was going to say, these are the two... So I was, I was picking between three. Do you want to hear the ones I didn't pick? Either way, I'll let you know. Yeah, either way, on. I wasn't. I mean, I was, I was being polite, um, but I was going to tell him either way. Yeah, go on. Uh, one of them sounds like a lot of fun. Saddam Hussein has a stargate, which means he can travel anywhere in the universe. <laughs> and yet he chose to travel into that, that hole in the <laughs> desert. <laughs> Yoo-hoo! Yeah. No, he took, yeah. And that's what the Iraq wars are all about, apparently. Anyway, that, that could have... Imagine <laughs> how good my topic is if I didn't pick that. Is that yeah. number three? That's the third that best one. That was third. Second wow. best one I was going to pick is... Hitler is still alive under Antarctica. Uh, under. Under. Uh-huh, yep. Is that somehow Stargate related or what's going on there? I think you've got to assume. Um, How else do you get under, you know? Yeah, I'm not wrong. I, w- I decided not to do the Hitler one because my self-control isn't that good. And uh, <laughs> since Dave started that rule... Um, Appreciate it. Appreciate it. I mean... You mentioned uh, the H word, Hitler, and I... My eyes hit the deck. <laughs> I avoided all of your eyes. Anyway, the... Thanks so much, Matt. The topic that I ended up choosing was suggested by Holly in Yorkshire. Um, and this is what... You, yeah. Any Holly from Yorkshire fans in tonight? All right. Couple, there's always a few. Always a few. Uh, and this is what she said. This, is, this, is, uh, this was her bit of sizzle. Um, said, it's a creepy mystery with a giant horse. A giant Mongolian horse? 
You wish. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, th and this is the question. Pro I probably don't know why I gave away part of the answer before <laughs> the question, but, you know, we're fucking trying stuff out tonight. All right. Is the answer giant horse? <laughs> All right, well, I won't bother asking the question. <laughs> <laughs> no, the question is... Um, and if these guys don't know, maybe the audience, someone in the audience may. The question is, which international airport is wrapped up in multiple wild conspiracy theories? Horse airport. Oh. <laughs> I thought I was onto a winner there. Oh, damn. I was very confident. Denver! Denver is correct. That person in the darkness. Well done. Denver? All right. I mean, I was going to say none of us saw that coming, but clearly you did. I didn't, I didn't. Denver. No, I'm just like, I'm just excited for them to see the things that they miss when they just listen to the podcast. And it's you just going... It's mostly... And it's good stuff, yeah. You're welcome. You. That was a lot of De Niro face, doesn't he? But yeah, you can see, I mean, just off the headings, you can see why I picked the sexiest one. Saddam Hussein, Stargate, Hitler under Antarctica, Denver Airport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went for the Hollywood answer. Uh, but fuck, it was fun. Hopefully, Jesus, all right. Um, oh my God, no pressure. Here are some real exciting facts. The Denver International Airport was built in the 90s. Sorry to be so specific. And <laughs> <laughs> it was officially opened in 1995. A very good year. <laughs> a very good year, sure. Um, some question whether or not it even needed to be built, though. As Denver already had an airport. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> 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 Does anyone get tingles? <laughs> Uh, the new one had less runways and no technological advancements. What are they doing? That sounds like a sweet upgrade. It sounds like a cover for something. Yeah, some sort of conspiracy? Don't get ahead of me. Oh, sorry. Who told you? Uh, the main difference was the area. The airport itself is 35,000 acres. Well, it's on 35,000 acres. Nearly twice as large as the next biggest US airport. Hmm. So it's huge. Some would say suspiciously so. <laughs> Can you make this bigger? No, you're just old. Yeah, well, I'm both the true. I actually don't. I don't know how. Well, that makes you feel. All right. I, okay. Old. All right. I mean, your glasses are sitting right there. Yeah. They're for seeing over there. Well, we could hold your report up the back. <laughs> <laughs> and you could have a go. Thank you. Is that <laughs> too much to ask? Uh, we should, oh my god, we should get auto cues <laughs> and headset mics, and then we just take turns doing TED talks. You know? <laughs> Fuck yeah, all right. Can Honest. I borrow the company credit card, please? <laughs> no reason. Don't look into it. Why did they need to. Sorry to cut you off there, but it was. <laughs> Why did they need to build the airport on such a large chunk of land? Question mark. Hmm, posing big questions early. I was going to have a, like, I was going to make a bit of a theory. Okay. But I think I've nailed it and I don't want to ruin you it. You probably have. So, this. I have or haven't. It's a big horse. Um. <laughs> <laughs> they need a, I mean, how big is the horse? 35,000 acres. 
That's, that's a, a big horse. That's a huge horse. So they're, they're not using most of the, of the space, right? Well, not above the ground anyway. Oh, tingles. Tingles. Horse people's a good guess. If that is what you're doing, unless, unless I just heard a bit of a conversation you were having about tomorrow. But um, <laughs> anyway, what are you up to tomorrow? <laughs> horse people, horse you. Horse people, you. Uh, right, okay. But what if I told you? <laughs> but what if I told you below the ground is a massive underground military bunker? Oh. It's, that's one of the theories. All right. Um, there's different thoughts to what the bunker could be used for. Um, there's no hard evidence of it. Um, <laughs> but there are many, many... There are many curious things worth considering. Firstly... The build went billions of dollars over budget and it took around 16 months longer than scheduled to complete. How long does it take to build a bunker? Yeah. 16, 16 months, months. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it cost billions of dollars over budget. Seem to know an awful lot about bunkers over there, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that hang was on, the joke. Hang yeah. on. No, I didn't consider that. Hitler did have a bunker. Which is not relevant to what we're talking about now. Or anyone on this stage, as far as we know. Love you. I'm in a lot of trouble later. Um, And so is whoever that voice was. Uh, A construction worker... A construction worker who worked on the airport has claimed that the reason the airport ran so over schedule and budget is because of multiple buildings that were built underneath the airport as well as a complex network of tunnels. Multiple buildings underneath. That's weird, right? What sort of buildings are we talking? Got a bank? Yeah. You got a gym? Yep. You got a door. (laughs) 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 A little bit of fun deconstructing. All right. You can serve that bit up yourselves. (laughs) To Melbourne, I guess. To Melbourne. Well, yeah, they, they definitely didn't only have that you got a door you got a gym at. I meant deconstructing stuff. It was like a... Yeah. Fuck, oh. I mean, it doesn't matter because obviously it was very good and no one got it, but... <laughs> no one got it. It was so good. It wasn't they all collectively went, fucking shut up, Matt, you piece of shit. You're a loser and no one wants you here. Hurry up, finish your report so we can get to Dave's. It's not like anyone was saying that. It's not... <laughs> uh... <laughs> Some say that these tunnels were just built for the train system. Huh. Um, but that sounds like a huge cover-up to me. Mm. <laughs> I mean, is, the, is there an underground train system? Yeah, sure, but... <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Fuck, I don't know, but potentially. Mm. And then the internet is so big and the information is so large. And I am but one man. Mm. Uh... So there's different thoughts on what it could be used for. Um, Some think it's going to be used as a base for the ruling elite. Uh, Some think it will be used as a shelter for VIPs when the world turns to shit. In Denver. (laughs) Denver. Not in Denver, under Denver. Okay. (laughs) Uh, And others think it might be used as some sort of concentration camp when the lizard people take over. So... Lizard people. Oh, you... Look like you know a lot about the lizard people, sir. <laughs> Do you see his huge tongue? Oh. Wait, what did you say? You're Matt Stewart. Do you want to come and do the next paragraph? <laughs> oh, fuck yeah, that'd be fun. 
obviously I'll need to Come see some ID. How cool was that? <laughs> Hello. Just go for as long as you're doing well, but Okay. Alright, well. Matt Stewart, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Well, adding to the mystery of it all <laughs> is that apparently no one really knows who funded the works. But there is a foundation stone at the terminal which states that it was funded by the New World Airport Commission. The uh, conspiracy theory buffs out there will... What? Is yeah, this look, him? His grammar's not amazing. Is this him or is this me? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's time to take back. His mic technique was better than the real Matt Stewart's. Thanks well so done. much, well Matt, done. Stewart. Matt Stewart. Matt Stewart. Now, now, be honest, our Matt Stewart, audience Matt Stewart, was that his error or have you just typed a lot of bullshit there? <laughs> I thought he was out. doing really well. Yeah, it was doing great. But... <laughs> what have you done here, mate? <laughs> uh, the New World Order, yeah, sure. So that was... Uh, oh, yeah, that wrote, yeah, right. So the foundation stone that Matt was chatting about, I'll, but I'll take it from here. Um, it said that uh, it was funded by the New World Airport Commission and the conspiracy theory buffs out there will know that this... Yeah, that is no good. <laughs> you see what I have to deal with here, Matt? My own words. Uh, yeah, so the New World Order, you guys familiar with the New World Order? Oh yeah, it's one of the big. It's one of yep. the big ones, um, and that says yeah, like Kevin Nash. <laughs> Can't remember the other guy. That's a WWF '90s wrestling reference. For the six, six or seven people that got it, you're welcome. What? Well, it's basically a small group of people secretly running the world, uh, trying to move the world towards a single global government. That's the new world order, apparently, um, and this. Airport was funded by the New World Airport Commission. Oh, that's too similar. Uh, but here's the thing. The New World Airport Commission doesn't actually exist. Much like the New World Order. <laughs> <laughs> Officially, apparently, the airport says, oh, no, it's not the New World Airport Commission, it's the New-World Airport Commission. Which also doesn't seem to exist, but uh, that is something they would bloody say, isn't it? Those fucking airport dogs. Um, <gasps> airport dogs? <laughs> Where? Ooh, sitcom idea. It's a dog airport. <laughs> Little doggy customs, are you kidding? I mean, they do, they kind of exist. What's that? S sniffer dogs. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> ah. This is very disappointing. <laughs> Thought I'd come up with a very clever sitcom. <laughs> I mean, it can still be a sitcom. No, no, you've ruined it. Sorry. You've ruined my hopes and dreams. There's a dedication stone in the airport. I may have already mentioned that. I'm doing it but again. And uh, it features the Freemasons logo, Ooh. which people feel... There's, some people think there's a connection between the Freemasons and the New World Order. The Freemasons are a bona fide secret society whose history dates back hundreds of years. 
And their membership has included many rich and famous people, including Hollywood entertainers, businessmen, and U.S. presidents, like Gerald Ford. Oh. Just to name one. (laughs) And my grandfather. (gasps) I'm part of the New World Order. Hitler was in the Freemasons? <laughs> you are so fucked later. Oh, and you man. two are staying together. Oh. And, and we're staying at an Airbnb together. And guess who's sleeping on the fold out couch? It's me currently. <laughs> but it's no longer me currently. <laughs> uh, Worth it. I believe Dave, the Freemasons are also who the Simpsons were basing the Stonecutters on as that parody. That is true. Yeah, this is the Simpsons reference out of the way. <laughs> um, like um, in the Stonecutters, in the Freemasons, members are ranked with a number, with 33 being the highest level. Jess, what do you feel about that? Ugh. <laughs> 33? <laughs> Two more. Or three less. I prefer three less. I don't like 35. I don't know why. But I don't like 35. 35? Oh, that was Robert Harvey's number. Um, St Kilda Great. Anyway, um, Jewel Brownlow medalist. Jewel? Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the Denver airport was dedicated on March the 19th, 1994. As what shown do you mean on by the de- dedicated? They do like a ceremony with the mayor or whatever. Oh, cute. Big red ribbon? Yeah, something like Novelty that. Novelty big scissors? And the stone has the Freemason symbol on it, right? Mm. Now, if you add up the numbers from that date... <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> 19th, 1994. One, you get 33, which is also... The number of the thing I just said. <laughs> if you go back that far... It's also the age that uh, Jesus Christ was when he died, so Mm. I'm starting to think this goes all the way to the top. (laughs) Did you write that? No, no, I'd riff that You riff that? Thank you. I'm the riff king, everyone knows that, baby. (laughs) Stop calling me baby. Oh, you thought that was to you. It was a general baby? Yeah. Oh, I was fine. talking to that, that man over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry he winked at you. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Won't get an apology from me. <laughs> Due to the Freemasons' long and secretive history, many believe that they are part of the New World Order conspiracy. Another thought is the bunker has been set up to be a Nazi-style concentration camp. Any thoughts on that, Jess? Concentration camp's bad. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, you're a little less clap-happy now, I notice. Uh, One of the key bits of evidence for this is that from above, the runways look very similar to a swastika. Imagine if that is not planned and then you get the aerial view... (laughs) You just have to get the architect in and you're like, Jeff, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and you know how they often have like a, a picture hanging on their wall of the aerial view? Yeah. Of like when they first built it and then they have to hang it and they just every day like, fuck. No, 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 they salute it every day. 
Yes, that's on tape. I said they salute it. You and your people. <laughs> You're sleeping on the street tonight. <laughs> so I'd call that obviously that's an interesting choice aesthetically. Um, <laughs> others call it an obvious sign that the airport has been built by Nazis. There's <laughs> wily Nazis. Always build at uh, airports. Uh, the official word from the airport is that it has been designed this way so that all runways can be used simultaneously no matter the weather conditions. The airport spokesman said, we think the shape looks more like a pinwheel. <laughs> and when I, well, actually when I read that, I looked at it again and I agreed, it does look like a pinwheel. A swastika style <laughs> pinwheel for Nazis. Cool, all right. Well, that's the uh, Joker road in there. Um, there's also another weird thing, and this is what it gets a lot of people's attention, the murals. There's some wild murals there. So wild they've had to be taken down. Right? Big weird murals are on display at the airport. Um, and a lot of conspiracy theorists see these as being an obvious sign that something susses up. Right? In particular, there is a pair of diptiches. Which is, oh. does that mean twos? Yeah. Sick. Dip? I should have looked that up. I love that about is, it. Is dip two? And there's yeah. enough of you confidently saying yes, so yeah. yes. Yeah, it's dip titch. Uh, have you lost your place now? Do you want me to pad? No, I'm on a roll now. All right, go. The paintings were by artist Leo Tanguma and feature pretty full-on imagery. One shows a Nazi-looking soldier wearing a gas mask. Oh, for fuck's sake. Wielding <laughs> say, one features a giant swastika. <laughs> He's wielding a massive sword and a big machine gun. <laughs> it's a full... It's so like full-on. Rambo style. But it's like... He's got a gas mask on, so you can't see, but I assume he's biting his lip like that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rambo style. Right. Around him, it shows children dying and grieving mothers. At the Denver airport. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> that is... That's odd. Another mural depicts children from around the world handing weapons wrapped in their national flags to a little German boy who is hammering them out of shape. The little German boy is wearing, like, lederhosen. It's, and there's, like, an American scout boy with guns wrapped up in the flag and he's handing them in. What? Yep. <laughs> At the Denver airport? At the Denver airport. <laughs> That's stupid. In one of the murals, there is a letter written in the bottom corner from a child who died at Auschwitz. Fucking hell. At Denver <laughs> airport? It's... Real weird. Real weird. Um, probably not surprisingly, this full-on imagery, I've said that too many times, has captured the imagination of conspiracy theorists, linking them to the apocalypse, fascism, and other forms of evil. Fascism. Fascism. Oh, oh fascism. <laughs> You've got to go to Paris. It's the fascism capital. <laughs> That's funny. I should write that down. That could be a bit. Someone remind me of that later. Just listen to this. Never. <laughs> you cannot... There's nothing fair, nah, you could fair. do to make me want to listen fair, back fair, to this. Fair, fair, Sorry. Denver Airport Media Relations Chief Heath Montgomery has responded Ooh. to some of these conspiracy theories. Good name. 
That's a, a good name. It's a first good name. Hello, I'm Heath Montgomery. <laughs> so I got nothing else on Heath. I mean, that was enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was quite enough, mate. <laughs> Uh, he, he responded to these conspiracy theory claims about the murals. So weird that he had to, but anyway, he did. And he was interviewed by Thrillist.com, which is fun. Uh, Montgomery pointed to a plaque. They were there at the, at the airport, and he goes, I mean, look at... Could you read this plaque to the journalist? And the plaque says, This is a powerful mural expressing the artist's desire to abolish violence in society. Nobody ever looks at the artist statement, said Montgomery. He's like fed up. He's like, why aren't they reading the description? It says no war. We want peace. Why there's a big Nazi with a sword? It's art, man. <laughs> he said, the conspiracy people will look at these and say, it's showing fire and destruction and the new world order and the collapse of society and civilization. It's such a stretch to make. <laughs> <laughs> Montgomery's great. Well done, him. Uh, I'm not sure if uh, he's had a good look at him. Doesn't feel like he's he's really given him. Yeah. I don't think he's looked up from the from the explanation plus. <laughs> yeah, that's all he had. To he's like, oh that, shit! That, <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a Nazi on there, <laughs> and there's an Auschwitz letter. What the fuck? <laughs> Am I saying Auschwitz right, Dave? <laughs> oh come on, come on! No, just because he's got he's got German he's got German heritage. That's all. Oh my god, German heritage. <laughs> Hitler was, of course, Austrian, so you're in the clear. <laughs> Although he did live in Germany for all. Something I have never done. <laughs> why? I'm not even why drinking. I don't know why. <laughs> the art apparently went through a rigorous selection process. I wrote vigorous, and uh, luckily... Google Docs oh. put a little red line under that because I was I, sure that was a word. That took me too long to figure out it wasn't yeah, quite right. I still think it is, to yeah, be honest. It's fine. What the fuck does Google know? <laughs> uh, yeah, so it went through a rigorous selection process before being chosen, so it's weird that no one flagged any issues with it. So is there a list of things that they rejected? No. Like how far do you have to go for them to Denver to be like, well, not in Denver. <laughs> no, not in Denver. This is going at Denver Airport. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> So the mayor and everyone checked it off, right? And people go, well, then, so it's... Obviously, that's fine, but what if the mayor's involved? Ooh. That's my conspiracy theory. I've got nothing to back that up. Um, <laughs> the murals aren't the only freaky thing at the airport. Jeez, this is going on longer than I expected. Almost at the end. Let's get to that bloody horse. <laughs> <laughs> the big finish is the horse here, all right? Uh, the murals aren't the only freaky art at the airport. There's also a big 32-foot tall statue of a horse outside the airport called Mustang. 32 feet. Yeah, is that big? That sounds pretty big. Pretty yes. big, yeah. 10 metres. Pretty big. Well, I mean, if you think of a foot-long sub. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I do. Times that by 32. Wow, that's a big it's sub. It's quite big, yeah. <laughs> you couldn't get through that in a day. I reckon this horse body could. Um <laughs> So it's 32 feet tall and it's... Uh, it's eating its own length in sandwiches. Yeah. I couldn't eat five foot, foot longs. Oh, maybe over a day. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, don't limit yourself. <laughs> so Mustang is bright blue and its eyes glow red. Oh, uh, what? Which is particularly terrifying at night, apparently. So just, much... 
I just heard a yucky over here, Apparently, which I agree with. It's been nicknamed Blucifer. <laughs> That's very good. Uh, conspiracy theorists speculate that this statue represents the fourth horseman of the apocalypse, oh aka death. It's a really light-hearted airport. <laughs> But this is, this is pretty apt that this, if this horse does represent death because Blucifer has literally killed a man. <laughs> what? What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, the art, statue's artist, Louis Jimenez, was killed by the statue. Killed by his own statue. Before he'd completed working on it, a piece of the statue fell on him, severing an artery in his leg. And he bled out. That horse has blood on its hoofs. Was he he trying to write the artist's description as he was dying? (laughs) This this is a peace horse. (laughs) As he bleeds to death. (laughs) This was meant to be a peace horse. And they still put it up. Yeah. Out of of respect. (laughs) I think Satan himself. Um, <laughs> so there's, a, there's so many different bits and pieces. There's, a, there's more than this. Um, I've picked out the bloody best ones, I reckon. Um, but then the, guy, the uh, journalist who was writing that article for thethrillist.com, Colin St. John, another great name. Ooh, uh, he I love St. John. Oh, very good. Oh, yeah. Got to love a St. John. Mm. Uh, so he got in touch with the man responsible for this, designing the structure of the airport itself. Kurt Fentress and asked him, this is a quote, he asked him bluntly if there are any underground tunnels or secret bomb shelters. No one had thought to ask (laughs) up until this point. Because Fentress replied, well, I really can't speak to it. I'm sworn to secrecy. St. John went on to say, he goes, he either has a sense of humour as dry as the Denver air, which is a, did you know the Denver air was dry? Is it no, dry? Nobody goes to Denver Airport. He said, or he's not kidding, even a little bit. So he believes it could be true. And I like I I've been thinking about this a lot. I'd love to hear what you guys think. But if it if it were like why would you if it's a Nazi thing, don't design a big swastika on yeah. the top. You're giving it away, sort of. Well the Nazis have been known to be subtle, so <laughs> You're right. And, I mean, they probably thought they'd never be found out. I mean, at what stage are people high above <laughs> an airport? I mean, they thought they'd get away with it. Yeah, that is a good point. But sadly, people looked out the window. Appa- apparently there is, um, when they set it all up, they, there's a, a time capsule that's been buried under that plaque and it'll, it's due to come uh, be dug up at the end of the century and, and uh, Fentress says... There's a few answers in there. Oh, oh, this just says keep digging. Yeah. <laughs> it, he apparently designs and stuff like that. I mean, certainly St. John reckons there's something in it. And he's like, you know, th- he thinks it's quite likely that there's something down there. He doesn't think it's anything to do with the New World Order or anything, but probably some sort of a big thing in case of emergencies. Snacks? Some beef jerky, that sort of <laughs> stuff. All right, so I... That's basically my report, but I did... Um, I was fascinated by how cool the number thing was, right? They added up the numbers, and that proved it. 33 was the number, right? So I've done a, I've done a quick number thing here myself. I've, li- I've linked up every letter of the alphabet to a number. A is 1. B is 2. 
C is etc. All right. C is three letters. And I've done I've done a little experiment. I did this I did this um, in the in in the air today, uh, Phil Collins style. Um, <laughs> Look, that got away from me. It was just... I was saying it before I realised it, and I apologise. Um, but I did, this, I did this little experiment, and I've, I've done this. I've linked up the letters. It, did everyone get me? A is one. <laughs> Dave, D, four, A, one, V, 22, E, five. That means Dave equals 32, right? Oh. <laughs> the second... <laughs> Not a Nazi. Possibly the second highest Freemason, so... Okay, exactly. That's what I thought at first. I'm like, second highest Freemason. Or is there more to uncover? Okay. James, you go through the same process, 48. Warnicky. That's my middle name. Something else. Okay, I don't know if anyone else has noticed this. First three letters of Warnicky, war. <laughs> what does it mean? I don't, I don't know. What I don't does it mean? What is it good for? <laughs> Warnicky equals 77. Dames... <laughs> Dames. Dames. Dave James Warnicky equals 157. The first <laughs> phrase I checked to see how much it equaled also it equals 157. The very first phrase I checked also e- equals 157. What do you mean the very first phrase? Explain that quickly. What do you mean? The first one I, ch- I was go- I'm like, I'll try a bunch of different things out and I'm going to frame them up today. I, the first one I tried equals the exact same as your name, Dave James Warnicky. And that phrase was lizard person (laughs) Illuminati confirmed (laughs) oh my god I mean all I need to say about that (laughs) That is. I'm I didn't mean to out you here tonight, but yeah. look, I want to believe, and I now do believe. Couldn't yeah. believe it. The very first <laughs> fuck. The Uber driver had no idea why I was so excited. <laughs> well, he does now, though. He's here tonight. <laughs> oh. He uh, promised. <laughs> he promised. Uh, Matt Stewart in the Denver airport, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that is... Illuminating is what that is. Ooh. Al- Illuminati. <laughs> Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was right, That's the last one. No, it's not. <laughs> Once you're on a roll... It is hard to stop. It is hard to stop. It's the momentum. Uh, um, you know who else found that? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Let's hear him out. Who else? No. Oh, good. Jess. I was thinking Robert Harvey running down the wing. 1997, kicking that beautiful goal. All right. <sighs> Matt, do you want to... Want to take over from here? Okay, my turn. Um... And I, as always, we go. definitely wrote a question. And I have it. 
here now, <laughs> and I'm going to read it. Here off we the, go. Off the page in, in front. I'm here, here we go. I'm reading it. Any second now. Reading my question. <laughs> um, okay, well, my question is to you and to the audience. Um, what shape is the earth? Oblong. Oblong's fun. Oblong is fun. Can I use oblong? I'm going to say oblong. Incorrect. The world is obviously flat. Um, you mean the shape known as flat? <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. I mean, my mind is being blown. Wow, the flat shape. It's a flat shape. Uh, obviously, you would have studied that in primary school. Yeah. Oblong, flat shape. Yeah. You know, in play school, they'd go through the square window, the triangle window, the flat window. <laughs> you just run into the window. <laughs> I think there's something I find interesting. Nearly every window is flat. <laughs> Illuminati confirmed. <laughs> so on it. I, lo- I love that that is obviously the key word. And she was, was so on it, though. Like, I was like, there's, there'll be a delay if she gets to it. Nailed it, yes. Okay, great. Great job, Fiona. Um, yeah, so I obviously... A lot of you have heard of uh, of flat earthers, people who believe that the world is flat. And I think the more you hear, the more you think they need help. Um, Gen- genuine question, any, any in tonight? Not after what I just any said. <laughs> uh, I think they're... Oh, we've got one leaving now. <laughs> <laughs> just get your drink, just get your drink. Just an alcoholic, it's fine. <laughs> Please. Je- Jess definitely isn't trying to flat shame, so... No, I don't know. I would never flat shame. I'm not here to shame anyone. I'm just here to educate yeah. and... Carefully don't... Learn. Fa- Earth is round. All right, cool. Carefully don't fall off the edge. <laughs> it's a serious thing I don't understand. Anyway, um, so in very simplistic terms, flat earthers believe that the Earth is flat. <laughs> so slow down. Everyone calm the fuck down. Um, so that's, that belief is not a conspiracy in itself. That's, not, that's just a belief, right? Wait, hang on. Did you just say oblong again? Because that could be true, right? It could be flat and oblong. <gasps> is that right? What does oblong mean? <laughs> it makes you think, doesn't it? New theory. New theory. Oblong earth. Oblong. We're oblong earthers. Oh, I like that. Mm. It's fun to say. Mm. Oblong. <laughs> I, like the, I like how it feels in my mouth. <laughs> Oblong. <laughs> Just tell me more about this flat earth. Thank you. Um... So, I mean, this has kind of started uh, quite a long time ago. Very long time ago, in fact. In uh, early Egyptian, uh, in the early Egyptian years. <laughs> oh, the early Egyptian years. Yeah, you know. The, uh, the world was always portrayed as a disc floating in the ocean. Floppy disc. Um, <laughs> several ancient Greek philosophers believed that the world was flat. Um, ah. 
Can't trust them. You got any issue with the Greeks? <laughs> yeah, a couple. The ancient ones? Yeah, or? yeah ancient ones. Oh, okay. There was one, uh, one ancient Greek philosopher who thought the earth floated in water like a log. That Which I don't really get. Like an oblong-shaped log? Yeah, it was like a little oblong, just floating along okay. in infinite water. Um, That's cool. But, but it's been argued that that philosopher still believed it was round, just like a little ball in a lake. <laughs> Again, it makes no sense. Um, had, he, had he ever seen a log? <laughs> wow. <laughs> that is a great question. <laughs> Very philosophical. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen a log? But Dave, what is a log? Mm. 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 <laughs> I think that's all he can say. <laughs> I, think I love he's oblong like, guy. <laughs> oblong? <laughs> oblong guy. Oblong. Oblong guy is fun. Yeah, he's shit. my favourite character on our show. <laughs> oblong guy. I am offended by that. I am my favourite character. <laughs> <laughs> In, uh, in ancient China as well, the prevailing belief was that the earth was flat and square uh, while the heavens were round. I don't fully understand. That is a great image. We're, a little, we're square. Up there, round. <laughs> Which makes sense. Um, and the model of an egg was often used by Chinese astronomers to describe the heavens as spherical. An egg isn't a sphere. <laughs> So they kind of fucked that, didn't they? Didn't say what kind of egg. Could have been like one of them oh. round eggs. It's true. Good point. I always give the Chinese... The, what was it? What, what kind of Chinese were they? Astronomers. Astronomers. I always give the Chinese astronomers the benefit of the doubt. What kind of Chinese Look, it didn't sound great. Sure, it didn't sound great, but... I just meant... I just wanted to say the full thing you said... Because if I left it, I always find that give the Chinese the benefit of that. That would have sound bad. Yeah. Admittedly, the pause did not come at a good time. Do you remember when we started and they would clap at everything? And now they're like, oh, we've set aside our Friday night to watch three fuckheads. <laughs> you have, yes. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We deserve that. Um... So, the first person or the first culprit who uh, culprit thought that the, uh, or, or hypothesised that the world was in fact a sphere was Pythagoras. Same dude who came up with my favourite theorem. Um, <laughs> I'm bad at maths. Which, which one? But I was actually really good at Pythagoras' theory. Oh. Strangely enough. Is that the M equals MCM? Sure. <laughs> A squared plus B squared. I love that one too. It's a good one, isn't it? E equals MC Hammer. <laughs> love that. Stop. Love that. <laughs> so. Just you and me, Matt Stewart's wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Yeah. Doesn't actually matter which Matt Stewart you marry. <laughs> Technically, it's all of them. <laughs> Imagine that. That'd be very confusing. Yeah. There's lots of Jess Perkinses. How do you come into this? This is between... Sorry. P 
Pythagoras in the 6th century BC uh, stated that the Earth is spherical and this view spread rapidly in the Greek world. <laughs> Just in the Greek world. Um, and so this kind of became like the, the norm after that. But then <laughs> we, we come to a more modern time in the early 1800s. Your time, Matt. Um, <laughs> you. <laughs> you. <laughs> you. I'm long. I'm starting to warm to you, man. <laughs> Couple of characters in. You, man, where you at? <laughs> Not yo, man. What the fuck? <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Yo, man. We'll come to you later. Know your place, yo, man. Come on. We want you. Man. <laughs> Are you still there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love it. I love it. I love it. I also love like it's a full body thing for you. You. I'm sure he's doing that exact move. <laughs> and Can't I apologize to Yo Man. <laughs> Your time will come. <laughs> Same bloke. Same bloke. He's very confused. I, I don't doubt it. Same okay. bloke. <laughs> Multiple personalities. So, um, modern flat earth hypotheses originated with the English writer Samuel uh, Robotham. Fuck yeah. Robotham. Robotham. Mm. Ooh, I like that a lot. Mm. Um, it was based on conclusions derived from the Bedford Level Experiment, which was that basically when somebody stood at one end of a lake, or of a river, sorry, with a telescope and watched their friend sail away and because they could still see them for a bit, they're like, no curve. <laughs> on a lake. A river. On a river. Telescope, boat. Um, I didn't see <laughs> you just curve, mate, so... I hadn't, th- I hadn't thought about that. What, do you have an answer? <laughs> Always oblong. Here we go. <laughs> oblong life. <laughs> So Robotham published a pamphlet called Zetetic Astronomy and he later expanded it into a book. The book's title was Earth, Not a Globe. (laughs) And it wasn't even like Earth, colon, not a globe. It's just Earth, not a globe, which I love. People only read four words at a time before switching off. Earth, not a globe. Earth, not a globe. Love it. I'll pick this up. Earth is not a board. Yawn. I'll never know what Earth isn't. Earth, not a globe. Um, which this is great. Um, and in Earth, not a globe, he proposed that the Earth is a flat disk centred at the North Pole, which I guess then doesn't really make it north. It would then be Middle Pole. Yeah. I was going to go centre. We're so different. Centred <laughs> <laughs> mm. so um, at the North. So North Pole's in the middle. Uh, and around uh, the edge is just a wall of ice. Oh. Antarctica is just all the way around. Oh. Just keeping us in. Yeah. So Someone said Game of Thrones. Does that mean anything? Um, it's a show, Matt. Oh, okay, great. Are you and listening to things you'd rather be watching? <laughs> ice wall, no. Yes. No. Haven't seen it. <laughs> Dave, Jess, help a- us out. Are you okay? <laughs> oh, <bong. laughs> Gets real, you out of anything. It's a real craft help. So, so North Pole's in the middle. Centre Pole. Great, I love Antarctica, it. Antarctica, all the way around. Um, after Robotham's death, 
A woman called Lady Elizabeth Blount. <laughs> Blount. Blount. That's so pretty. So beautiful. She established a universal zetetic society whose objective was the propagation of knowledge related to natural cosmos. <laughs> Blount. <laughs> Blount. Basically, the society published a magazine which was called The Earth Not a Globe Review. Again, I didn't think to revise that title I mean, do that title Earth Not a Globe in brackets sick or something? To be like, this isn't our title, this is his title. Earth Not a Globe Review. <laughs> I love it. So um, and that remained, like, that. the magazine was active well into the early 20th century. Um, and then there was also a flat earth journal called Earth, a monthly magazine of sense and science. Still flat. <laughs> Tune in next month. Uh, it was published for a few years, from 1901 to 1904, and it was edited by Lady Blount. Oh, Lady Blount. Blount. It's yuck. Ooh. Any blounts in? Does everyone want to have a go? On three, everyone say blount. One, two, three. Blount. Yeah, it's gross, isn't oh, it? That doesn't fun. feel good. Blount. Anyway. I bet oblong guy just yelled oblong. Oblong. <laughs> yeah, I know, I just said it. <laughs> Call and response. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Is that you right up the back in front of the lamp there? Yeah, it's you, yeah. <laughs> Absolute background. You can't see anything. You're yelling into the void. <laughs> yelling into the void. The Dave Warnicky story. Yep. <laughs> so true. So true. <laughs> um, so there's a couple of different publications going. Uh, in 1956, a guy called Samuel Shenton created the International Flat Earth Research Society, running it from his home in Dover in England. Uh, he kind of designed it as a successor to the Universal Zetetic Society. Um, but given his interest in alternative science and technology, he had less of a religious view than the last one. The uh, Universal Zetetic Society was... Um, yeah, had, had uh, um, some religious swayings. Anyway, when satellite images showed Earth as a sphere, Shenton remarked... It's easy to see how a photograph like that could fool the untrained eye. <laughs> but he's been training his eye in his own lounge room for many years. <laughs> many years. <laughs> 50 of those. Six sets of 50. Every, every day. Every day. <laughs> the strongest starts. Later he was asked about similar photographs taken by astronauts who were in space. Right, right, um, right. Sure he's got a great answer here. And he attributed the curvature of the world to the use of wide-angle lenses, adding, <laughs> it's a deception of the public and it just isn't right. But he's just got a really good fish eye all the time. Yeah. I love that. So this kind of leads in nicely into... Um, Flat Earthers and NASA. So they believe that NASA, along with the world's governments, uh, uh, are all covering up the fact that Earth is actually just a disc hanging suspended in space. Uh, Oblong. But then, you know, like there's, uh, there's, there hasn't really been any astronauts come out and say, that's true, it's a big disc you're being lied to. Um, But the Flat Earth Society explains that the space agencies of the world are involved in a conspiracy 
faking space travel and exploration, something that they say began in the Cold War's space race. <laughs> As it turns out, they say the US and Soviet Union had to keep out faking each other. Makes sense? Nowadays, the conspiracy is most likely motivated by greed rather than political gains, and using only some of their funding to continue to fake space travels saves a lot of money to embezzle for themselves. Oh. That's smart. Mm, more money in our pockets. Yeah, I like that. Are we you NASA? Yeah, I work for NASA. Whoa. You knew that was my day job. Sorry. By day, I'm an astronaut. <laughs> By night, I'm a podcaster. And I save babies. What? Yeah, I'm like a very specific superhero. <laughs> I only save babies. <laughs> Help, help, I'm on fire. Sorry, how old are you? Two. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Call Superman, I don't give a shit. (laughs) Not my problem. That's what I say. (laughs) Two-year-olds. You're a real real hero. Yep. (sighs) So it's maternal instincts. (laughs) Kicking on in. Um, I'm going to speed through these last bits so I can keep drinking and we can get to Dave. Um, (laughs) Um, so, in the most popular flat Earth model, the outer edge of the Earth, like I mentioned before, it's just ice. There's a big ring of ice. Um, it's bounded by... An, it's called the ice wall. Again, very creative. Um, the traditional view is that the ice wall rises approximately 150 feet above sea level. Um, it's even bigger than that horse. <laughs> yeah, so think of like a, a, a foot long. <laughs> Tell me how many horses... <laughs> I only, only know in uh, Blucifers. <laughs> do you think, if they're both measured in feet, do you think they're somehow related? Oh. No. Oh. I reckon feet's a pretty standard unit of measurement. Oh. But it's weird though, isn't it? Feet. Think yeah. about it. Feet. We've all got them. <gasps> Wish I remembered what the cue for the X-Files theme was. <laughs> Illuminati. Illuminati? Confirmed. Illuminati confirmed. <laughs> you, yes, you are so good. You weren't going to give it to me. She won't pander to us. That is so good. Seriously, if I don't, if I don't get it, I don't deserve yeah. to hear the X-Files thing. <laughs> we are losing control. Um, so, yeah, it's, the ice wall is 150 feet, obviously, to make sure the ocean doesn't spill out. Of course. What, yeah. And what did they think was outside? It's just into space. You yeah. Just, wow, that's cool. I kind of wish that was it. Yeah. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine. That'd be pretty fun. But you can't just go and, like, hang out at the ice wall because they also believe that the ice wall is, of course, guarded by NASA employees <laughs> to prevent people from climbing or falling off the edge of the Earth. So <laughs> you can't just wander on up and have a look. Um, they won't let you <laughs> jump into space. <laughs> Stop right now. Nanny state, am I right? <laughs> let me jump into space if I want to. <laughs> Ugh. NASA. The man, you know. I'm not okay. Um, others believe, though, that the ice wall to be much, much larger. Um, some say that it is estimated to be between 40 and 50 thousand feet high which is i mean even if you wanted to climb to the top of that fuck that you know yeah. how high is everest oh. 
Like ten, uh, ten, about 22,000 feet or something. So it's bigger than that. It's but double like Mount Everest. Double Everest. Fuck that. I'm not doing Everest twice. I've already done it. Once is enough. <laughs> once is enough. We've always said that. We did it once. Yeah. Now I'm bored. Never again. But see, I was just imagining like a solid wall of ice. Is that what you were picturing? No, oh. not anymore. Okay. <laughs> picturing one of those ones where it's like in the middle, there's fishies in there. Cute. Yeah. Frozen fish, though. No. Oh. No. Fish f- fingers. <laughs> I wish and I listened. I mean, they I are oblong shaped. shaped. Yeah, there They're oblong shaped. So. He only eats oblong shaped foods. <laughs> Very confusing. Um, in, in some ways, it's not confusing at all. Wow. <laughs> that is beautiful. So what should we be imagining when yeah, we think so of Yeah, so I was wall? imagining just like solid, like a wall of ice is what I felt when I read Ice Wall. Yeah, have, yeah. Have you heard of Game of Thrones? Yeah. Oh, no shit. All right, cool. It exists. Yeah. Illuminati confirmed. Diminishing returns. (laughs) Um, Apparently it's more like a... a, It's a naturally formed structure, more like a mountain range. Just like a snowy mountain range. So the the Earth just ends with a mountain range. I like that. I know. That's cute. Mountain range. Um, Yeah, that's cool. It it clarifies. This is from the Flat Earth Society's website. It says, It is a wall only in the sense that it walls the Earth's oceans. Yeah. Don't be a fucking idiot. Yeah. It's not like Truman Show kind of wall, you know? Oh, and they also say... So another, another thing that um, Flat Earth Society do have a bit of a, an issue with is gravity. Um, it's an illusion. Um, objects don't accelerate downwards. No, 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 no. The Earth is constantly moving up. What, like, like an elevator? Yeah, we're just always going up. I mean, we're going up right now. That's good news. Yeah, this disc is just constantly moving at a, at, uh, upwards at 32 feet per second, um, driven by a mysterious force called dark energy. <laughs> Which I enjoy as well. Are we booing dark energy? Because it's keeping us alive. <laughs> um, in the uh, flat, Earth uni- flat Earth universe... Uh, gravitation, not gravity, exists in other celestial bodies. So a gravitational pull of stars, for example, causes tidal effects on Earth. So stars have gravity. Right. We, we don't. We have gravitas. Gravitas. <laughs> so here's a few FAQs from the Flat Earth Society's website. These are really fun. Uh, first question is, if the world was really flat... What would happen if you jump off the disc's edge? A fantastic question. Yeah, what's the answer? The answer is, in, uh, in general, you would become directly affected by dark energy as the Earth is, creating the illusion that you are standing next to the Earth. What, forever? Yep. <laughs> I'm not sure what you're standing on. Dark energy, that's what you're standing on. So you just, you're just there. And I imagine like a lot of people would try it too. So eventually there'd just be a bunch of people <laughs> just standing next to the world. Hey, how long have you been out for? <laughs> yeah. you, know, like, you, know, you know those shell pools? I imagine that you're just standing next to one of those because you can still see the earth just right there, but you're just standing next to it. Just like, oh, that was silly. <laughs> <laughs> can I, I get back on? No, all right. 
I can't. I'll just stand here then. I mean, do you stay there until you starve to death? Maybe. But maybe once you're outside of the earth, hunger's no longer a thing. That's that how we solve world hunger. <laughs> Get everyone off the earth. Yip! Stop the earth, I want to get off. <laughs> Is that a thing? Yeah, that's sure. a, that's that a, a second thing. vague Simpsons reference. Thank you. Stop the planet um, of the apes. My, uh, my favourite answer, though, is to this question. How is it that the Earth does not have any gravitational pull but stars and the moon do? And the answer is, this argument is a non sequitur. You might as well ask, how is it that snakes do not have legs but dogs and cats do? <laughs> Next question. <laughs> Apples and oranges, dickhead. <laughs> um, snakes are not dogs or cats. The earth is not a star or moon. <laughs> I love that they had to clarify their point. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's their answer. A um, couple of more very quick things. There's a filmmaker and flat earther called Rob Skiba, and he held a talk called Testing the Globe, where he revealed why NASA and the governments of the world are so keen to perpetuate the myth that is the earth is round. Um, he says the real motivation behind this is that they want to hide God from us. Um, Where, where's he hiding? Well, that's the thing, we don't know. So here's a quote from him. He says, The bigger picture many of us have come to believe is hiding God. To me, that would be the ultimate motivation. So they, they think NASA's more powerful than God? No, they think NASA's found God and they don't want anybody else to find him. What? And now God's... And God's just like, all right. No, God... Yeah. Is he sitting in a room somewhere? Yeah, What's... he's shy. They've, tra they've trapped him in a cupboard. <laughs> so, for those at home, just in case the mics didn't pick that up, someone just yelled Denver Airport, and there is a big chance, 35,000 acres, of pure bunkerage. Yeah. That's, that's, that's about a god size. Yeah, he'd be, he'd be rammed in, but he could be there. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, um, Can't uh, wait till the reckoning. <laughs> I want to pop my head out. Uh, for the, the listeners at home, Matt is impersonating God. <laughs> sure. Could say that about me any, any bloody day. <laughs> but anyway. No. Okay, and just one last thing. Um, uh, a lot of you may have uh, seen on social media at times, quite recently, a uh, resurfacing of a theory that first floated around 2006, and that is that uh, Australia does not exist. Yes, I'm I've so sorry to be the one to tell you. Wow. We're not real. Um, oh. So a, uh, a woman wrote this on a, on a forum, and she did later say that it was a joke, but... Um, <laughs> 50,000 people jumped on the bandwagon. <laughs> not as a joke. Um, so she originally wrote, Australia does not exist. All the things you call proof are actually well-fabricated lies and documents made by the leading governments of the world. Your Australian friends, they're all actors and computer-generated personas. Part of the plot to trick the world. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> A lot of people jumping on that bandwagon as well and, uh, and claiming that uh, the governments, all of them, 
made Australia up. Oh, I mean, Australia, as if Australia exists. Nine prime ministers in eight years, like that's going to happen. <laughs> topical. Topical, topical, I nailed it. Um, I just want to find the rest of it here. Um, so these are just some of the other things that um, people have jumped on there. They've said, um, uh, I'm sure you have even talked to people on the internet who claim to be from Australia. I have. But that's the thing. <laughs> it's also talking about, like, you've probably spoken to people on the internet because none of them leave their house. <laughs> They're really secret government agents who are surfing the internet to enforce these false beliefs. And this is my favourite part. We're not entirely sure why the government made up an imaginary continent. <laughs> or why it's trying to convince the world the continent is real. But we can tell you that we know for a fact that Australia doesn't really exist. And then it says, please join us in our quest to convince the world of the truth. And then I just looked over your shoulder. There's a picture of Osama bin Laden. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's confusing. <laughs> well, what but a that... way for everyone to find out here tonight yeah, as know. well. But I wanted everyone to find out in a safe space, mm. you know, and that um, we're here for you and afterwards we will be um, holding some counselling sessions if anybody needs to discuss the fact that you're fake. <laughs> um, we are here for you. But that is my report on flat earth conspiracy theories. Just fucking... The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. If it's your first ever website or your business is expanding... Not in a way that's like, oh, my God, it's expanding, like, yeah, yeah. More physically. Like it's growing, more customers, yes. more interest. Not like it's going to explode. Yeah, not like it's a building that's, like, blowing up and yeah, it's, yeah. oh, what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. And I don't think they mean for marriage. You can sell your products on an online store, whether you sell physical or digital products or you offer services like massage or oh. nails. Oh my gosh. Or uh, consulting. Should we, after this, get Manny Petty? <laughs> Babe, I've already booked us in. <laughs> um, Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. You know, what about blogging tools, you yeah. might be asking? I like to blog. I love to blog. I like to blog. I like to vlog. Yes. Well, Squarespace has powerful blogging tools to share stories, photos, videos, and updates. You can categorize, you can share, and schedule to make your content work for you. Scheduling is the best. Oh. Yeah. 
it looks like Jess has just uploaded something. What it? But it's like 3 a.m. in Australia. Yeah. Yeah, but it's the exact time I wanted to do it in New York City, baby. Exactly. Capture that New York market. Yeah. You mentioned vlogging as well. If you're into vlogging, you can organise your video library, showcase your content on beautiful video pages, sell access to your videos with member areas. The possibilities are endless. Now head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and save 10% on your first purchase of a website or domain. And now. I will make this quick. But I will tell you that uh, I, uh, like Matt, there were a couple of options for me for my conspiracy theory. Originally, I wanted to uh, do the one, when I Googled it, the, the thing that popped up that I liked the most, uh, and that was the theory that Michael Jackson and his older sister, Latoya Jackson, are in fact the same person. <laughs> uh, the main evidence uh, was that they look very similar, <laughs> much like a brother and sister. <laughs> and that they were never, ever seen in public together. I was like, oh man, this could be real. Then I googled Michael Jackson, Latoya Jackson, hit images, and hundreds of images came up <laughs> of them together. Yeah, but Dave, we just learned how easy it is to doctor an image. That is okay. true. That is true. So I did actually, I'm, I'm afraid, I did uh, avoid that because the Illuminati had done it again. So I've decided to go with a spy story instead. Ooh. <laughs> So my question to get us on topic is, if you were at the Millennium Hotel in London on uh, November 1st, 2006, what should you avoid drinking? Shampoo. (laughs) I'm going to give it to you. In general, that's good advice. That is good advice. Um, That's how Matt turned out this way. (laughs) I had a bottle a day addiction for like three weeks and all of a sudden I'm... Oh, whatever, all right. It's not shampoo. It's not shampoo. Anyone, anyone know what, what it is? Poison. Tea Toil- is toilet correct. Water. Oh. Well, I mean, the tea may have been made with toilet water. No offence to the Millennium Bar. I don't know them. Tea. No the answer tea. is do not drink the tea. Uh, my report is on the murder of Russian spy Alexander Lit- Litvinenko. <laughs> yeah. On November the 1st, 2006. Have you guys heard of this? No. Have, uh, have you guys heard this? A round of applause. Front row is losing her fucking mind. Really? And you're going, anyone? 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 Why are you losing anyone? your mind? Uh, BuzzFeed Unsolved just did an episode on it. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, BuzzFeed Unsolved was not watched by me, so there you go. <laughs> well, um, you know how this ends. Well, so does everyone. I just said the murder. There you go. All right. <laughs> Yes, spoilers. So, uh, Alexander Litvinenko was born in Russia in uh, 1962 when Russia was still the Soviet Union. His first job out of school was as an army trooper for the Russian Ministry of Internal Affairs, where he quickly rose through the ranks. So in the late 80s, he was recruited to the KGB, the Soviet Union's main security agency, very secretive. Basically... If it's so secretive, why have we all heard of it? (laughs) They want you to think you've heard of it. Does that make sense? No. Basically, he was a spy and started working in military counterintelligence. Uh, The Soviet Union fell, but he remained a part of this spy world, working for the KGB's replacement, the FSB. Fucking sick bastards. (laughs) Didn't write that down. Did you write that? Didn't write that down. Uh, His job for the FSB was to specialise in counter-terrorist activities and to infiltrate organised crime. He was appointed to a, quote... 
special secret unit to investigate organised crime, but quickly became uneasy with what he started to find. This is where things start to get messy for Alexander. Uh, during his time investigating organised crime, he began to see links between many police officers and officials of all ranks with the crims from the underworld. He tried to tell his director about the corruption, but allegedly this had no effect, and he started to realise, hang on, I think everyone is corrupt. <laughs> According to his wife... Wouldn't you just feel left out then? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my God. All, oh, I'm you're in. all in on it. Okay, cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I'll do the paperwork. You guys go bowling. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I can lie too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm cool. Let me be corrupt. Well, he actually took umbrage with a few things he was asked to do. According to his wife, Alexander had objected to a number of tasks he had been assigned, including in order to kidnap a wealthy Chechnyan businessman in Moscow, killing his bodyguards if necessary, in order to ransom him for Russia's soldiers who were still in captivity in Chechnya. In captivity. <laughs> that was cute. Do that again. Diplomatic captivity. <laughs> <laughs> Never claimed to be able to do that well for that as well. Uh, Alexander kept complaining. So he was told that he should have a meeting with the newly appointed head of the FSB, a certain Vladimir Putin. You've heard of him. Uh, He met Putin to alert him to corruption in the Russian Secret Service, but expected nothing to come from the meeting because he believed Putin himself was very corrupt. He he could also tell instantly that Putin disliked him. (laughs) Which I love. You walk in there and he's just like, fuck off. (laughs) I'm starting to sense that he doesn't really like me. (laughs) But I will continue with my complaints. (laughs) Fed up with no accident, in late 1998, Litvinenko took his complaints to a whole new level and held a press conference with some of his colleagues to publicise their complaints about the allegedly corrupt KSB, FSB, <laughs> KGB, all the shit. He hates all the acronyms, all the initialisms. <laughs> They're all bad. They're bad. NBA, get out. <laughs> uh, most of those uh, at the press conference cover their faces to hide their identities. But Alexander did not... He also penned an open letter to Putin asking him to properly investigate his complaints against senior officials. He was a very, very brave man. (laughs) After holding the press conference, Litvinenko was dismissed from the FSB, but he didn't back down. In 1999, he co-wrote a book called, quote, Blowing Up Russia, Terror from Within. That's a better book title. It's way better. Not Blow Up Rush. (laughs) People are like, all right, you've got my attention. (laughs) Earth, not globe. (laughs) Uh, This book accused Vladimir Putin of being behind a series of apartment bombings that killed nearly 300 Russians in the 90s. He claimed Putin was behind the attacks to tighten his own grip on power as the public were terrified they could be next. Basically, he's saying that Putin blamed these Chechnyan rebels and said, if you get me as in charge of the country, I'll sort it out. But he's saying Putin blew up these buildings. Just just like to go on the record that he said that. Putin, if you're listening, (laughs) I'm not saying that. Putin is definitely listening. Big fan. Yeah, no, loves our stuff. Yeah, it's really sweet. Oh, I love Putin. Love his his piano work. Good good stuff. You guys seen that video? Very good. (laughs) No. (laughs) 
So basically he's coming out, he's called Putin a liar, he's accusing him of stuff, he's had a press conference, he's publishing articles, now he's written a book. He spent nine months in prison on charges of abuse of authority and when he was released he was ordered not to leave Moscow. But in the year 2000 he got the hell out of there and flew to Turkey via the Ukraine. He applied for asylum at the US Embassy in Turkey but he was denied... So he bought a ticket from Istanbul to Moscow via London. Oh, that sounds like a fun Kentucky. It <laughs> it's actually the worst flight path. You've got to go all the way back over there. Yeah, that's how Kentucky works sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're not well organised, those no. things. Right, we're going to spend six minutes in Belgium. Right, <laughs> done. Take your photo, get in the bus. Yeah. Uh, during his plane's quick stopover in London, he applied for asylum. So they pulled over to like, refuel and he was like, can I have asylum? And they said yes. Nice. He was granted asylum. Uh, so his new life in the UK, he's doing well. Great. He's hip, he's happening, he's safe now. Or is he? <laughs> don't give away the ending. Uh, he worked as a journalist. I don't, I don't know that he is safe. I reckon he is. I reckon he's sweet. <laughs> Matt reckons. Do you reckon he's here tonight? Yeah. <laughs> Alexander Litvinenko! There he is. <gasps> Try the tea, all right. We'll get to the tea. Stop I'm teasing. Oh. <laughs> Round of applause. Come on. Thank you. Matt, not such a big fan of pun work, but I am. No, Matt's the pun king. Yes. He gave himself Let's that title one time and yeah. hates every time I bring it up. Matt the pun king. You've zoned out, haven't you? I think it's getting late, but um, <laughs> I've, I've had fun. Let's just... Yeah, let's call it a night. Does <laughs> <laughs> anyone? <laughs> did Did you see when we started? Yeah, I did. I did. Let me just tell you. How are we going? Can we? Yeah, it's good All to right. do the admin on mic. All right, I'll be able to. I'll be able to get through this quick. I'll be able to get through this quick. Okay, we won't interject. <laughs> no, please continue interject. So he worked as a journalist in the UK for a bit. He was also paid by MI5 and MI6, which is the British intelligence, James Bond style. And they're different. I found out recently they're all, every number's a different different guy. There's like, there was an MI3 and other things as well. Fact. That's a fact. <laughs> is that true? You saw, you saw a BuzzFeed video. <laughs> I said MI3. God damn right I did. Why? What did I do wrong? Why <laughs> no, three? Look, let's go to the tape. I said whatever was correct. Thank you. <laughs> so he's working as a journalist. He's uh, given a bit of info to the UK uh, uh, MI5, MI6, and he's continuing to be a vocal critic of the FSB and Putin in particular, who is now Russia's president, and he accuses him of being involved in lots of dodgy stuff. He's, he says dodgy. That he's dodgy. Dodgy. Lots of dodgy stuff. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I listen back to the tape and I go, I didn't sound like that. But anyway... Uh, so he, he's accused Putin of being involved with people like Saddam Hussein, giving him weapons. Yes, <gasps> Stargate man. Yes, maybe he sold him the Stargate. I can't tell you if that's true or not. You can't confirm it nor deny nor it. Nor deny. Which means it's true. Illuminati confirmed. <laughs> which is way better than Illuminati denied. <laughs> Uh, he also said that Putin was involved in the London bombing of uh, 2005 and also he's dealing arms to all these people. So he's accusing him of being involved in a lot of conspiracies, if you will. <laughs> Dave really knows how to work the audience, doesn't he? Bang, bang, bang. It's all about the eyes. It's all about the eyes. Yeah. 
Uh, one of his wildest claims about Putin uh, in particular is that P- uh, Vladimir Putin is a pedophile. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> He's coming Wait, I missed the start of that sentence. Is that what? a fact? No, no, no. So one of his wildest claims... Oh. He published an article accusing Vladimir Putin of being a pedophile. Oh, my God. He published this article, and then he, he published with it a photo of... I thought, that is a big one. <laughs> no. That's what this guy is saying, remember. This guy said that. And he published, Not us, Putin. He published Not an article, uh, and with the article he attached a photo of Vladimir Putin uh, kissing a child on the belly, which is weird, but it's one of those... You know, Why are you kissing a kid on the I know, belly? I so weird. I remember he's accusing a, Unless a man he's doing raspberries Because they are fun <laughs> <laughs> Raspberries are bloody fun You know, on the belly Yeah, just make sure You know the kids pretty well Yeah, Preferably they're your kids Or yeah. like a very close relative Like a niece or a nephew or something Not just a stranger That you're kissing on the belly Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that <laughs> I mean, he, we do that to Dave when he's a good boy, but... <laughs> and I love it! <laughs> Can't wait to get one after the show, because this reporter's banging. <laughs> so, he's accusing Vladimir Putin of being a pedophile. <laughs> I'm not doing a shotgun nut! Matt? It would be my honour. <laughs> Perfect. So... To get us back on track, Putin, pedophile, great. <laughs> He's accusing him of that. He's accusing that of a man he believes blew up 300 of his own citizens just to gain power. So he's playing a very dangerous game, mm. some would say. Mm. So on November 1st, 2006, Alexander Litvinenko attended a prearranged meeting with two former colleagues of the KGB, Andrei Lugovoy and Dmitry Kovtun. Uh, they met at the Pine Bar of the Millennium Hotel in Mayfair in London. <gasps> that's, the, that's the one he mentioned at the start. Yeah, huh? We're getting to the juicy bit. The tea bit. The tea bit. You it's can drink the juice. Yeah, juice is fine. Okay, go, great. Go nuts, what sort of juice do they have there? All sorts. Do they have pineapple? They don't always have pineapple. They, at this place. They oh, I love pineapple They juice. don't have grapefruit because it's sour and tastes fucking shit. Yeah, grapefruit sucks. <laughs> Uh, it's unclear what the meeting was about, but Litvinenko had known Lugovoy since the 90s, so they've kn- so they known each other a long time. Alexander had a cup of tea. Do they have watermelon juice? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's good stuff, it's good stuff. Mm, yum. But the tea, we're talking about the tea here, Ah, Jeff. yes. Alexander, what kind of tea? Peppermint? That's he my favourite. Cu- he had a cup of English tea, Ooh. poured from a teapot, he drank the tea, and then he left. Shortly afterward, while dining at a sushi restaurant with his friend... Mario Scaramella, Lipinecco began to in- experience intense nausea and even the loss of the use of his legs. Knowing something was wrong... <laughs> probably didn't have to say that. He entered a London hospital where severe burns in his throat were indicative of poisoning of some kind. Ooh. For several weeks, Lipinecco's condition work- uh, worsened as doctors searched for the cause of this illness. Surrounded by friends... Litvinenko became physically weak and spent periods unconscious. It was clear that he'd been poisoned by something. He claimed that the Russian government had conspired to kill him, so he was transferred to a UK hospital under police guard. Ooh, I love that. Ooh. Tests were run, but a cause of the poisoning couldn't be found. They run a lot of these tests, but all coming to a dead end, so they send Alexander's blood and urine samples to a top-secret British nuclear site, Aldermaston. And he's, he's still alive? At this stage. And he 
what, what about the sushi? Are you going to rule that out? Because I'm at the moment. I think that just was the sushi wasn't yeah. quite right. That happens. Tea. You can't get poisoned by tea. No, but sushi. We will talk about the sushi. Yeah, we fucking will. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the blood was tested for radiation and showed an unusual spike that couldn't be explained by the scientists. Mercury. One of the scientists who worked on, on the nuclear bomb program in the UK overheard other scientists discussing the results in the break room. He explained he'd seen this gamma ray spike before and that it came from polonium. Specifically, polonium-210. The discovery was pure chance, but led them to understand what was happening to Alexander's body. Now, a bit of background here. Polonium, we've talked about that before on the show. It was discovered in 1898 by a previous report topic. <gasps> Marvel superheroes. <laughs> Marie Curie. Marie and Pierre Curie, and is named after Marie Curie's home country of Poland. Polonium. Polonium is extremely radioactive and 100% Deadly. It has been estimated that a median lethal dose of polonium-210 is 0.089 micrograms. For comparison, one grain of table salt is about 0.06 micrograms. So less than 15 grains of salt worth will kill most people. But he's not most people. He ain't. He ain't most people. He's still kicking. I tried to do that in like a Dave voice. Did I nail it? Yes. That was great. I really wish I'd said that. Let me try. I'm Dave. <laughs> Go do more. What else would he say? Oh, look at me with my hat of hair. <laughs> my hat of hair? Yeah, because you're a little Lego boy. <laughs> oh, fine. That's fine. I thought I was being accused of wearing a hat. <laughs> <laughs> you can't oh, buy this look. Nor would you want to. <laughs> uh, finally on... Uh, Polonium. It's so deadly because it leads to the destruction of all cells and organ failure throughout the body. A polonium as a poison had never been documented before and it was probably the first time anyone had been tested for the presence of 210 polonium in their body. But it's bad news. It was affecting his liver, kidneys and heart. He described himself as a living murder victim and published a photo of himself dying in hospital completely bald from the poisoning, wanting to show the world what Vladimir Putin had done to him. Uh, the discovery was also bad because uh, it meant that other people might be injured or killed by the radiation. Mm. It could be all over London. So the government's health body uh, declared immediate warning and uh, set up a public contamination zone. 20 scientists working all night to find uh, traces of the radioactive substance and it was found on aeroplanes, in cars, in a football stadium, in restaurants and in hotels. All in all, 40 sites were found to be contaminated by polonium. Whoa. It was even found in the London Underground. 40 though. 40. Mm. <laughs> I mean, well, over 40. Oh. So 50. Ah. That was a roller coaster. It was even <laughs> found in the London Underground, but this information was kept quiet at the time to stop public panic. A mm. <laughs> uh, great thing about this, though, was the authorities. Because then they'd have an excuse not to take the train. Like, I can't come to work. Trains are poisoned. That'd be, that'd be awesome. That's a great excuse. That'd be so good. Uh, Polonium-210, have you heard of it? Um, hello, read a book. <laughs> 100% deadly. Yeah, that's what I say to my boss all the time. I don't keep jobs for long. <laughs> a good thing about the polonium was that it meant that uh, they were able to trace the movement and who had brought in the polonium. But we'll get back to that in a moment. Ooh. But before the poison killed Litvinenko, it took an agonising 23 days and he was very, very ill. Just before he died, he signed a statement placing the blame for his murder squarely at Vladimir Putin's feet. Oof. 
very yucky. His feet are heinous. Yeah. Doesn't clip his toenails. However, Putin wasn't the first person he accused of his murder. More on that in a minute as well. Ooh, we're going to an ad break? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We'll be right back. Uh, In his final statement, Litvinenko said, You may succeed in silencing one man, but the hell of protests from around the world, Mr. Putin, will reverberate in your ears for the rest of your life. At the time he died, Litvinenko had almost 100 times the lethal dose of polonium in his system. Oof. AKA 1,500 grains of salt. That's a lot of salt. I'd be okay with that much salt, though. The hospital room he was in was sealed after his death to stop further contamination. So you're wondering, who did it? Answers. <coughs> Here they are. So the two main suspects were the two men that Alexander had met at the Millennium Hotel. Dmitry Kovtun and Andrei Lugovoy. And to be honest, there is a lot of evidence against them. Uh, CC, this is the strongest stuff. CCTV shows Lugovoy walking to the toilet in the Millennium Bar with his hand in his pocket. And I know when I'm getting ready to poison someone with some radioactive material, my hand straight to my pocket, even though oh, I'm don't, struggling don't to do drop, that. Don't drop, don't drop, don't okay. drop. That He's was so worth it. So worth it. <laughs> his mate Dimitri Kofton can also be seen, seen going to the John in uh, CCTV with his hand in his pocket. And a BBC documentary I watched on this noted that he was in there for three whole minutes. Three? What else would he be doing in there? Three minutes. Polonium. Exactly. Mm. Hand in his pants. Three minutes? Three minutes? I think I know what I'd be doing. (laughs) Poisoning that guy. So that's all, that's all obviously pretty circumstantial, but the bathroom sink, hand dryer and toilet were tested and all found to have some of the strongest traces of polonium. So that's pretty, that's pretty damning. Uh, the meeting was actually the second time they met with Alexander in London. They also met a, mu- a month before, also at a sushi bar, that was later found to have traces of polonium. So they may have tried to kill him on the first day, but he didn't eat what they wanted him to. But then they went back to Russia and then came back to London all whilst carrying this polonium, which seems like a lot of work to mm. kill one man. But Look, you do what you gotta do, you know? You do what you, do, you, you, do what do. you gotta do. You got a job. It's a living. Do your job. It's a living. It's a living. Polo- is it a living? It is a living. Okay, it's a living. What I said then. <laughs> so I wanna tell you that in so they had an inquiry in this into the UK in the UK and Judge Robert Owen chaired the British government inquiry into the Lipanico killing and his findings in his findings, he said he was certain Lugavoy and Cofton, the two KGB guys, killed Lindvenenko by placing a lethal dose of polonium in his tea. By this time, Lugavoy was elected a member of the Russian state parliament, <gasps> meaning he couldn't be extradited for the crime. Russia has also previously said that it won't allow its citizens to be extradited to Britain to face trial. So certainly not a member of the parliament. So they're like, no, no, he'll never go on trial, which is, which is dodgy. So aside from the conspiracy theory that these Russian agents, backed by the Russian government, poisoned a man on UK soil with polonium and put a whole lot of innocent people at risk, and that Vladimir Putin was himself behind the entire thing, there are some other conspiracy theories. Which are? (laughs) That it isn't what it looks like, only that it's what it meant, what it's meant to look like. Hmm? Threw off the the scent there by mispronouncing the sentence. I read a guy, Justin Rime, uh, Raimondo, write on modelization.canada or .ca. He wrote, quote, to begin with, 
If the Russians wanted to off Litvinenko, why were they poisoning him with a substance that left a radioactive trail traceable from Germany to Heathrow Airport and in the process contaminating scores of hotel rooms, offices, planes, restaurants and homes? Why not just put a bullet through his head? It makes no sense. What do you say to that? I mean, like, a bullet, sure. But it's a bit less dramatic, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, what about the art, you the know? The art, yeah. the drama. Yeah, a bit of, you know... Like Take a bit mystery. of pride in your work. Yeah. That's such, like, level A yeah. murdering that guy we're talking about. You know what I mean? You don't hire these guys for level A murders. <laughs> uh, no, no, Double A? Double A. Uh, Raimondo also writes there are indications that Litvinenko was engaged in the smuggling of nuclear materials. That he wound up being contaminated by the goods he was peddling on the black market seems far more credible than the cock and bull story about a, Ru- a Russian plot originating in the Kremlin. But others take the cock and bull story further and say that Litvinenko w- was taken out, possibly by the UK government, to make it look like the Russian government did it. Ooh. Huh? Perhaps Vladimir Putin won't allow these KGB agents accused of the murder to be extradited because he doesn't believe they'll get a fair trial. They'll be found guilty of the crime and Putin will be accused of being behind it all. So who actually killed him? You asked Matt. Who? Uh, yeah, didn't you tell us before? No! <laughs> Wasn't those guys that were jizzing in their pants? There is another man jizzing in his pants. What? Now, I mentioned before... <laughs> I mentioned before that at the, after the apparent poisoning at the Millennium Hotel, he met a man for lunch at a sushi bar. A man named Mario Scaramella. But what I didn't say is that Mario Scalam- Scaramella is a nuclear expert. Ooh. The pair met at a sushi restaurant in Piccadilly, London. Scaramella has stated he ate nothing and drank only water at the restaurant. Suspicious? Or maybe he doesn't like Japanese. Maybe he's just one of those people that agrees to go out for lunch with you and then doesn't order anything and then you kind of feel awkward because mm. you're like, well, I'm I mean, hungry. I didn't pre-eat lunch for this lunch <laughs> arrangement so I'm going to have some lunch, but I feel like a dick and you've done this to me. But you sit there and you chat while you eat and they watch you eat and that feels weird because then you're like, is there food all over my mouth? There is, isn't there? And they're not saying anything because they're obviously not a very good friend because they didn't even have lunch at our lunch date, you know? I know. I know. And that concludes my TED Talk on friendship. <laughs> I just want to do a TED Talk is what I'm saying. You'd be great. A TED in tonight? <laughs> no, all right. We did invite them. <laughs> uh, just to, to sum up here, Wiki Spooks, Wiki Spooks, which is a very spooky website, <laughs> says Scaramella is a self-acclaimed expert in nuclear waste and worldwide locations of nuclear waste, and another man with a dark past. Yet his name has been left, left out of the equation by the press for, lo- for so many years, while the blame Putin diatribe has been milked to the cows come home. <laughs> the Independent describes Scaramella as someone that claims to be a professor at a university that has never heard of him, and a consultant to a body that has no fixed address. Very mysterious. Mm, then again, I'm pretty sure my uni would be like, who? <laughs> 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 Peas get degrees. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes. Our conspiracy theorists will tell you or hypothesize that Scaramella squirted radioactive poison onto Alexander's sushi in the bathroom. Wait, wait, wait. 
Hand down the pants. Three minutes later, he's squirting poison on his sushi? Is that what you said? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty it, much. It checks out. Remember, he only started feeling sick after he was meeting this guy at the sushi bar. Mm. And the other guy didn't eat anything. Did Scaramella poison Alexander to take him out and then also pin the crime on Putin and his foot soldiers? And remember when I said earlier that Putin wasn't the first person that Alexander accused of murdering him? Well, the first person he publicly accused was Scaramella himself. Alexander quickly changed his story and started to accuse Putin. Because he was like, well, I'm dying. May as well take Putin down. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, maybe. One last go, I don't know, it can't hurt. Is is anyone else confused? (laughs) What are you confused by? (laughs) Let me sum it up for you. (laughs) In rap form. (laughs) Alexander hates Putin. He moves to the UK. Putin's like, I'm going to fuck you up, maybe. Two KGB guys, he meets with them, then he gets real sick. Did they poison him, or did the guy he met after them poison him at the yeah, sushi Yeah, no, we're bar? still confused. Are you confused, really? No, you're fine. I'm with you 100%. I mean, I'm trying to speed through it. I'm trying to speed through it, to be honest. You're doing great. Hey, no, hey, don't let us shatter your confidence. I feel like Matt is shattering my confidence. <laughs> Matt, lift up his confidence. Hey, you're wearing a beautiful hat of hair. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Go on, beautiful boy. Well, I've just got a summary here. In summary, the question is, was it a conspiracy by the Russian government? Or was it a conspiracy to make it look like a Russian conspiracy? Or was it a conspiracy to make it look like a Russian conspiracy and throw us off the scent of the real conspiracy that Michael and Latoya Jackson are in fact (laughs) the same person? Thank you and good night. Well done. Inconceivable. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> Indubitably. And I think we can conclude that yes. Yeah. <laughs> In answer to all our questions, yes. <laughs> well, what a bloody great time it's been. Let's all go back through and recap <laughs> our reports. From the top. Thanks so much for sticking with us. That was a pretty long show. Yeah, yeah thank you. Sorry yeah. and thank you. <laughs> Thanks. We really do appreciate you coming out. This is our 150th. What is that? Yeah. Pretty bloody good. That's huge. Canada just turned 150 last year. We're bloody catching them. <laughs> you know that? Easy. Give yeah. us one more week. Yeah. <laughs> Next week we're older than Canada. <laughs> um, and this is our biggest show to date as well. So thank you so much to you guys for Thank, thank you. It does mean a lot to us, so thank you. I think um, I think that pretty much wraps it up for us, but we will be down the back uh, standing near our T-shirts. And yeah, if you want to have more t-shirts. drinks, the bar's going to be over for another hour or so. Um, a few of you may have heard that I've um, christened myself the snack captain oh. for our UK tour. Here we go. And um, uh, just if anybody had, like, spare change you want to chuck in... For snacks and magnets, um, it is optional, but I'll be hungry if you don't. So there is a jar at the back as well if you want to. Oh, I thought you should get some change or whatever. Like if you've got it, notes are preferred. Whatever. You've got you got change right there. Don't throw it at us, please. No, there's a jug. It's all good, and it will go towards snacks and or magnets. This is very uncouth. Yeah, Matt hates it. Therefore, put more in. 
and I love snacks and magnets. So yeah. All right, let's hear it for the Yit guy. Yit. Let's hear it for Oblong. Our main man, Mr. Matt Stewart in the front row. The real Matt Stewart. Fiona on sound. Alana and everyone here at the Giant Dwarf. You're yeah. amazing. Ali and Ollie. And I guess, yeah, to finish, I guess we could say with all three, Illuminati confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> Good night, stick around. What a triumph. <laughs> We're back in the studio. Uh, thank you for listening to that live episode. A real trip ditch. A little bit of Matt, Jess and Dave flavour all in one pot there. Huh? Some would say a masterpiece. Oh. Yeah. A trip ditch <laughs> things with three flavours in one pot. Oh, yes. A culinary trip ditch. Ooh. Ooh. Yum, yum, yum. Ooh. What's Chef your flavour? Tell me, what's your flavour? <laughs> Craig, all right, Craig David, am I right? That's exactly what she's going for. I was all just right. telling her her own joke back just to her. But anyway. Just, uh, um, no, but honestly, what are our three flavours? And then do they go together? Matt's obviously vanilla. I'm French, French vanilla. <laughs> Dave, what's your flavour? Blue cheese. Oh, mint. Uh, yeah. Oh, that, <laughs> is that is filthy. <laughs> you two go together great. I'm, no, I'm good with no one. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Take a fucking uh, hint. I'm on my own here. <laughs> Can we separate the two out? I might actually. Can I make mine um, uh, coffee? Okay. Coffee. Dave and I after the Sydney show. Well, the next night we went out on a date. You did. You played. Oh, it was a beautiful meal. We went out for an Italian meal. Oh. And then I I kept telling people it was a pizza restaurant. We had pasta and risotto. (laughs) I don't know. I had I had gnocchi, which is. Potatoes, not pastas. Um, and <laughs> not pastas. That's from a, that's a, that's a, a sketch Ro- from Ronnie, about 10 years ago. Ronnie John's sketch. I know it. It's great. It's great. It's a really good sketch. It's potatoes, not pastas. Excuse me. Uh, I just noticed that the gnocchi was in the pasta section. What's up with that? It should be with the potatoes. <laughs> gnocchi's, gnocchi's not pasta. The Jordan Raskopoulos. Yeah. Oh. Um. So, oh yeah, I was going to say we went out for, and then we went for a walk, and then mm. we went to a an ice cream restaurant. You cuties! Oh, probably not a restaurant, is it? Ice cream parlor. You, an you ice called creamery. it. You called it. You were looking for quote a dessert bar. I wanted a dessert bar. <laughs> I'd heard of them, and we, the ones we found had cues going out out the wazoo, yeah. which is the front door <laughs> in Sydney. They call them wazoos. Ah. Uh, but we did find this this great little uh, ice creamery. Oh, we had a and chocolate sundae. A couple of fudge sundaes. Fudge and cuties. And, I, and that's what made me that because I had I did have French vanilla and um, uh, coffee. Mm. Two scoops. You got two choices. Dave, what did you go for? I went with uh, uh, Belgian chocolate and coconut. Oh, yeah. Oh, interesting. A couple of great combos. I would have gone for a choc mint. Easy. I love choc mint as well. My fave. My classic combo, which doesn't mix well together at all, <laughs> choc mint and boysenberry swirl. Yeah, fucking love yeah. boysenberry. Yes, let's mm. ice cream together anytime. Yes, Dave, fuck off with your <laughs> coconut. I hate coconut. <laughs> I really like coconut. I coconut more like, like joconut. Get out yeah, of here. Get on the mint choc and boysenberry train or get out. Well, I reckon mint really takes away from the greatness of the chocolate. There is something wrong with your brain. We were having fun, Dave. We were having a nice time. What about when we're having fun eating those ice creams together, Matt? Huh? 
Yeah, that does. That was really nice. That That was really really sweet. That same night, I was watching the footy on my phone. Dave was going, "What's going on there?" And I said, "Shush." Matt explained. (laughs) No, you explained the ins and outs. It was was a big game. It was yeah. It was anyway. Doesn't matter. This great quick outro we're doing here. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Sorry, we probably should have said we're here um, at the end of the episode. If you haven't heard before, to pay tribute to our Patreon supporters. Basically, we've set up a Patreon a while ago now for people that really like the show and want to support it. And uh, financially, you can do so and make make this you know become part of our our day job, which is really really cool. And you get bonus rewards in return, like bonus episodes. You get shout outs. You get to vote for the topics. You get to know about stuff in advance. Matt does a newsletter. The UK pre- tour got a, a pre sale. Yeah, we do pre sales. Yeah, so and we also I do Matt- a, yeah I do a, a weekly newsletter, which always includes me messaging Dave and Jess, going hey anything you want to say, and sometimes Jess will say here's a list of words. <laughs> <laughs> I did do that one time. Sometimes she'll say, I'm hungry for food. What? Ask him what food they like. I also did that one time. It's a lot of great insights. Matt, don't give away the content for free. Oh, that's true. I feel hunger. I'm human. Yeah. And other other times, I know words. Anyway. Dave very rarely contributes. Well, basically, because you give us about three minutes to reply, and if we haven't, you've already hit post on the thing. <laughs> well, gonna, I, I should... guess Dave's not interested. I see it five minutes later, and I'm like, yeah, how about... Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, too late. Oh, okay. okay. Um, oh, okay. But apart from all that, on one uh, level in the Patreon, you get to contribute a fact quote or question, and that is put into the segment, which is called fact quote or question. question. I saw someone has made a jingle for this, which I got to I got to refine. I, I saw it somewhere, and I I can't. Anyway, mm. this week's fact quote or question is from Mark Chopper Reed, uh, and and the fact quote or question giver also gets to give themselves a title. And Chopper has given himself the title, the man in charge of the little things. Oh, I like that because we know from little things. Big things grow. Mm. That is very true. And also, there's big picture people. There's also little picture people, and they're very important. Very important. We're a team. The day-to-day operations. Yep. And uh, this week, he's offered us a fact. (gasps) Oh, probably my favourite. I like to learn. Yes. Yeah, because you're a nerd. Or dispute. I like questions (laughs) because I like to talk about me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because you're a self-obsessed nerd. (laughs) He's, um, He's... I actually ca- I came across this fact um, while I used to work in um, in uh, TV game show fact checking. Quit bragging. So, he- <laughs> <laughs> ooh, a lot of that. Oh, senor. <laughs> but I'm worried that Matt, you are actually going to be like, actually, I found that this was untrue. No, I think this, this is- went through the show. I have like I and I I I. A little peek behind the curtain. I am not checking any of these things. I'm reading them word for word as they've been written. Great. And as we found a few weeks ago, some of them are inconsistent even within the paragraph. But Great. anyway, um, this is from uh, the man in charge of the little things. Indigenous people of Me- of Mexico and Central America used the Nahuiti word ahucati to mean both testicles and avocado. <laughs> Oh no! The fruits. Were Do you know ri- how often I'd get a smashed testicle on toast for breakfast? A oh. uh, couple times a week. Yeah. <laughs> the fruits were originally marketed as alligator pears in the United States until the current name stuck. Alligator pears obviously make sense because they're in a pear shape and yeah. their skin is very 
alligatory. Yeah, very reptilian. And then they changed it to avocado. Avocado. I love the, the word avocado though. It's so pretty good. Was the question on the sh- no. on, on the quiz oh. show, Matt, that you checked? The Nahuiti word for avocado is also the word for what? A, testicles, B, penis, C, uh, anus. Oh, oh, no, the part that I was familiar with was the alligator penis. Oh, right. right. Okay, right, cool. He, that was a bit of a twofer from Yeah, from two facts in one. That was good, good stuff. Good one. I like that. Thanks Thanks so much for that, Mark. Mark. He's in charge of the little things, which I like. Yeah. We need those people. Thank you. Uh, and we also like to thank uh, a few other Patreons each week. Um, Dave, they're uh, on a different level in the Patreon support. And we've been doing this for quite a while, uh, and we we thank a few each week. And Jess comes up with a little game for us to so, play. Yeah. We just talked about conspiracy, so I know it's hard. I don't know. Can can you offer a, a conspiracy about this person each? Ooh. Something that goes all the way to the top. Fuck yes. Oh, okay, okay, great. Right. And I've just had a look at my names here that I'm going to pluck out, and they are a couple of bloody crackers. I'd love to thank from Searcy in. Arizona, AR in the US. Yeah. Molly Harden. Oh. Molly's a cracking name. Love Molly. Love Molly. Molly Harden. So good. Sounds like a um a like a um a PI. Yeah. Molly Harden PI. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Good on you, Molly. Uh okay. Conspiracy theory about Molly. Oh my Molly. goodness. I I don't mean to blow anyone's minds, but maybe this is a conspiracy, but AR isn't Arizona. It's Arkansas. <gasps> I don't know if that's a conspiracy. I think it is. It's okay. like just an error on my part. <laughs> Arkansas. Arkansas. What's the what's a what's a can you give me a, a fact about Arkansas, Dave? Is it Arkansas or Arkansas? Arkansas. Arkansas. Silent second S. <laughs> that's hot. Uh, Little Rock is the capital, which is always Little a great Rock. One. I like Little that. Rock, Little yeah. Rock. Oh! Conspiracy. The Rock. Very big. <laughs> It's actually a big rock. So they're they trying don't to want underplay us to know. It. They don't they're want us to, to know. It. Yeah. Yes. Because they're hiding something under the rock. Oh. A big key. You know Ooh. how you put keys under a rock? Yeah. In your front door? Uh. You're hiding a big key for uh. a big thing. What's big? The uh. White House. The White House. Key for the White House. It so goes the big all rock. the way to the White House, baby. Whoa. We are on to you, Molly, and we are coming for the big rock. Yeah, we know you got something to do with that over in Little Rock. Mm, we're on to you. Even though she's from Searcy. Yeah, she would say that. Searcy, Arkansas. That was fun. I enjoyed getting riled up over that. Yeah. Let's do it again. All right. Can I also thank from Silverdale in New South Wales. Love that. Australia. Okay. Which we know doesn't exist, but anyway. Australia. Oh, yeah, right. (laughs) Oh, from the show that we just did. (laughs) I'd uh, also like to thank Jenny Schmidt. Schmidt. Schmitty. I love Schmitty as a name. Schmitty is a kraken surname. Yep. Jenny Schmidt. Okay, Dave, throwing uh, you under the bus. Jenny Schmidt. Well, I think she is behind the fact that all M&Ms taste the same yet have different colours. Right. Even the peanut ones what is that? versus they're, the crispy they're ones. all the same. They're all the same. The it's just a marketing butter, conspiracy. peanut butter ones? A marketing conspiracy. Caramel ones? They're marketing yum. conspiracy. Oh, I haven't had yeah, them. You good. would have thought they're good, but they're just having plain ones. They're all the fucking same. <laughs> Dave, Schmitty. I've, I've cut them in half and seen the caramel. Is that yeah. all? That's all part of the It's conspiracy? all part of the conspiracy. Wow. So we're brainwashed to believe that they Yeah, so you pay more for the different. crispy ones. Wow. It's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Jenny. 
Jenny. I expected better from you. And for some reason it comes out of Silverdale in New South Wales. I told you it goes all the way to the top. The top of Silverdale? Yeah. I assume you have some sort of mountain peak. Wow, that is exciting. Can I also ask um, ask some people? Thank yeah. some people? Please. Let's ask some questions. Let's probe a little. Yeah, let's fucking get to the bottom All of probes, this. very conspiracy. Yeah. I would like to thank from Brisbane mm. in Queensland. Oh, I love Brisbane so much. Also in Australia. Doesn't exist. <laughs> Neil Campton. Good name. Neil Campton. Neil Campton. What are you feeling about Neil? Neil Campton. Yeah. Well, I'm afraid he is actually not really a human. Whoa. <laughs> sort of. He's a humanoid. Oh. Human. If you pull off his face, <clears throat> and I wouldn't recommend doing it because it would put you in, in deep dark danger. Deep dark danger. Triple D. And you don't want to be there. I don't want to be in Triple D. You never want to be in the Triple D. No. If you're in the Double D, that's bad enough. Triple D, no, but no good. I mean, no one's ever been seen again. Mm. If you take off his head, you will find he's actually a glow worm. Controlling the body with little joysticks? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Jess, don't be ridiculous. <laughs> Fucking hell, Jess. Do you remember? Doing movie plots after the room. <laughs> you kept asking questions. I go, no. <laughs> oh, do you mean this? No. Not levers. He uses a pulley system. <laughs> oh, a glowworm puppet uh, master. <laughs> yeah, and and he's not the only one. He's part of a, a, a secret society, and they do control. What are they called? The uh, the glow globes. Oh wow, that's kind of cool. I guess. Yeah, they glow. The Globies. Are they based in Brisbane? They're based everywhere. Oh my god! Yeah. Are we? Is there one in this room right now? <laughs> Hi guys. <laughs> oh, Delay. That's what they would say. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely not a glowworm. Oh. This is how I start every conversation. <laughs> oh, well, it does check out. He does start every conversation like Just a that. normal person doing normal glowwormy thing. I mean, <laughs> hang on, <laughs> hang on. There's no light in this room at all. We don't sit in a dark room. It's just me glowing. Um, so thank you to Neil, you little glowworm. Uh, do they mean harm or are they a peaceful people? Well, they, they just keep everything cooking along. Oh, great. Okay. Well, then I'd also like to thank from Hampton in Victoria. Ooh, Bayside. Bayside. Sam Markelin? Hmm. Oh, you are asking questions. Well, it could be Marcolin, but it's probably Marcolin, I reckon. I reckon. And Mar-Colin. I like it. Also, Co- Colin, the name of my car. Uh, Conspiracy? Nah. Is Colin named after Colin Lane? Sure. No. Hmm. His, name, his name's just Colin. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Dumb question. Yeah. Not everything has to be Not named after. Not every car after. is named after someone from Lane or Woodley. Yeah. <laughs> Even though every time the three of us are in a car, we sing the theme song. We sure do. God, we're cute. Anyway, back to Sam. Um, Dave, what's this one about? What's Sam been up to? Sam is um, secretly Neil Diamond. What? Yeah. <gasps> is this like a Hannah Montana kind of thing? And he's in, yeah, yeah. And he's and he, he's because uh, you'd never expect Neil Diamond to live in Hampton. No, well, you mean, wouldn't. It's a but beautiful he d- area. He does, though. Right. Because he's Neil Diamond. Oh, that makes sense. So he, when he puts on the Neil Diamond hair, 
Yeah, people go, And the rhinestone cowboy shirt, (laughs) if he wears those. And that's when people... But he can take that off and he's like, oh, I'm a regular person. Yeah, exactly. Hannah Montana style. Hey, I'm Sam. I, oh, hi, Sam. I also imagine he drops about 50 years of age when mm, he takes off the very, rhinestones. very, good. Yeah, they age you. I don't know why I'm guessing Sam to be about 50 years younger than Neil Diamond. <laughs> probably, Probably puts though. him in the 20s to 30s, which I think is... How old do you think Neil Diamond is? 70? 70 to 80? <laughs> 80? 72, 80, Dave. Don't twist my words, you fucking glowworm dick. <laughs> Neil Diamond, or should I say Sam Markelin, is 77 years old. I mean, I don't know. You glowworm dick. <laughs> I thought he was about late 60s, early 70s. Now we're saying Dave's dick is a glowworm. Yeah. It's a little. I told you the light is not on in this room. <laughs> Thanks so much, Sam Markelin, uh. you sweet Caroline of my life. <laughs> I would like to thank, finally, to bring us home from Española in New Mexico. There's a New Mexico? <laughs> Carlos Arellano or Arellano, depending if you are a Spanish speaker yourself. That's great. That is great. Carlos is a sweet name. Oh. Carlos Santana. Thank you. I was thinking of Santana. Well, the other great Carlos's include... Richie. Richie Carlos. No, Carlos. <laughs> Carlos. Carlos Vegas. Carlos. Carl from The Simpsons. It's not a Carlos. Could be. Yeah, you don't know for sure. Why, I, why did I think I knew a lot of Carlos's and now I can't think of any? Because it's a fucking conspiracy! <laughs> and that is the conspiracy. Is that you think you know... You think you know Carlos's, yeah, but yeah. there's only one, and so, his name is Carlos Alayano. So if if you're at work and someone's like, have you seen Carlos? And you're like, which Carlos? And then they go, what do you mean? And then you think about it. And, and like, then you go, hang on. There's only one. It's one of those Mandela effect things. You think you remember knowing lots of Carlos's, but you you've never met one. You you've never met one. Nelson Mandela, but mm. you don't. You know Carlos. You know Carlos, the one. Are you Googling Carlos now? Matt, this has gone very long. We should be wrapping this up. Yeah, I'm just looking at all these great Carlos's. And I there are plenty that I know, including one that I don't know, basketball player called Carlos Boozer. Not a real person. Obviously, the internet just quickly made up this page. Yeah, <laughs> they're good. Google algorithm. <laughs> Boozer. Okay, guys, come right. on. I thought you were better than that. Come on. But we we bow down to our, our one overlord, the one Carlos, Carlos Arellano. Arellano. I would also like to thank from, finally, Denton in Texas. Didn't know that existed before today, but now I want to go there. Mm. Denton, Texas. Keely Hagenbush. Oh, my God. Am I saying that right, Keely? Hagenbush. Nah, Hagenbush. Hagenbush, which is such a great name. Mm. This is six of the best names yet again. I mean. New world record again. They do it week after week. God, they are good. Finally, bring us home, Jess. What's the conspiracy concerning oh, Keely? I thought you'd ask me, and I don't know. The two Dentons I think of. Andrew. And Terry. Of course. So maybe an illustrator or uh, some sort of rope related. Is that Denton in Texas? Yeah. Is the main rope manufacturer. Right. But they just ration it out to us because they're oh. holding off. Oh, to keep the prices of rope high. Oh, that's a real that's a real conspiracy. Yeah, and then and they they're just waiting for that rope shortage, and then they're gonna fuck us with rope. <laughs> with the bump the price up even more. Right, oh, so right. it's kind of like the maple syrup heist. 
So they're controlling the price by the price of controlling rope. supply. Mm. Wow. Supply and demand of rope. There's big demand. Is there enough rope? rope? Well, that's something they ask often. And if there is, then they're going to take some away. Yeah, but then, then they stop sharing. They've been known to burn their own rope sometimes. Mm. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, well, I believe it. And that goes all the way to the top. All the way to Keely Hagenbush. Hagenbush. That is I mean... genuinely one of the best. Keely Hagenbush. Oh, oh, my God. So great. Is so it so Potentially, great. is it Keely Hagenbush? It's B-U-C-H on the end. Mm. I, li- I like Hagen the way you Boop. say it, but Hagen I bet Boop. you we're doing it wrong. But Hagen, I mean, if we're saying it wrong, Keely, change it because we're doing it better. <laughs> Hagenbush is sick. If it's like Hagenbuck, that's shit. Oh, what? Hagenbuck's great. Hagenbuck. Hagenbuck. Hagen. What about Hagenbuch? Oh, oh Hagenbuchen. Oh. No, I mean, Dave. I'm changing the name, but I like it. I like where I'm going. <laughs> Follow my nose. All right. Well, we appreciate that. Glowworms don't have noses. Uh, thank you so much to everyone that uh, supports us on Patreon and to everyone at home. If you're still listening to this, get in contact via, to us via our website, dogoonpod.com. Suggest a topic. Go to Patreon. Go to our YouTube channel, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff, and email us, dogoonpod at gmail.com. The line is always open. <laughs> is that true? I mean, you can email at any time. We probably won't see it straight away, but conspiracy, maybe. Oh, we've got people manning the phones. Yeah, that's And right. womaning the phones. Mm. Women can the phones too, you know. It's 2018. <laughs> but uh, we've got to get out of here. Thanks so much for your support, and we'll be back next week with another episode. But until then, I'll say thank you, and I will say goodbye. Later. Bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.